This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, you're here because Mark is actually out yes. tonight. Yes. Not, not that I consider myself interchangeable with Mark, but uh, I'm helping out Well, the show. I do. So here you are. And <laughs> oh, no. uh, he's out on vacation mm-hmm. and Taking, enjoying it. He deserves one. Yeah, for sure. Because he had to work uh, a lot extra when I was gone for 58 days sitting in jail, so... Hopefully he's out there uh, enjoying time with his family, etc. Mm-hmm. So we'll, of course, take your calls about anything. 855-450-FREE. That's the toll-free SACL CAI call-in line. You've got some news about the world population, mm-hmm. uh, and I definitely want to want to hit on that. But uh, obviously today, big day across the country, actually across the world, the Occupy movement uh, apparently had a quite an explosion today. That was the intention, at least, to have more Occupy movements or p- protests or demonstrations, whatever you'd like to call them, uh, kind of popping up at mm-hmm. other places around the country, not just in the big cities. So, for instance, here in uh, Keene, New Hampshire, we had over 100 people uh, this afternoon at the wow. Occupy event. And you know, that was kind of the peak. It was like peak at 105. Probably at least 150 people kind of came in and out throughout maybe like a four-hour period. Mm-hmm. And from what I understand, they are intending to camp out tonight. Oh, interesting. In a public park. It's a little chilly in Keene, New Hampshire. It is. <laughs> it is. But uh, they do make sleeping bags that, that'll keep you pretty warm. So yes, it's that's not the totally winter time true. yet. <laughs> and so it's my understanding there may be at least two different campings going on in two different parks uh, tonight. Tonight here in Keene. So some so. some of the regular listeners of the show may be a little bit familiar with Keene, New Hampshire, and some of the civil disobedience that's gone on here, and they may know about Central Square, right? So are they camping in Central Square, or is it a different place? It's my understanding there's someone who may camp in Central Square tonight. That's the very center of town. There's also another park in which they may set up camp. It's hard for me to say for sure if it's going to pan out, but yep. it sure looked like people were intending to do that. And it seems like that the contingent here in Keene uh, of activists... Many of whom I don't know, mm. uh, the majority of whom I've, I've never met before, uh, pretty hardcore. Like they walked down the street, Main Street in Keene, and essentially blocked traffic for a couple of minutes. Huh. Uh, Did today. anything happen? Any response from the cops or anything? No, the cops didn't appear to be around uh, at that time, so they didn't do anything about it. I don't really support that particular tactic because mm-hmm. it seems like, you know, some people are very concerned about upsetting the regular folks. Sure. And it's one thing, like, for instance, I stood in front of a police car, yeah. but those are aggressors, and I don't feel like that's the right move for just regular folks that are trying to get to work or, or well, go home or something like that. Exactly, and the police have discretion. They can choose to arrest someone or not, or to just kind of look the other way, whereas a regular person just driving down the road doesn't really have much to do, likely, with the situation that things are in in this country, yeah. right? And if the point of a protest is to get something to change... What are the people in the driving down the road going to do and do about it, right? Sure. Now, now to be fair, you know they didn't obstruct traffic for very long. It was basically the length of time it took for them to walk from one park to another. And here in Keene, New Hampshire, that's approximately maybe three minutes mm-hmm. uh, at most. So, so is the idea to get attention to draw attention to the cause? Well, as far as why to block traffic, yes, uh, I, I would think that's the idea. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand the motivation for it, and I didn't bother. You know, I'm not going to make a scene or anything like that if somebody wants to do something right if it's not violent then i don't really have i'm not going to object sternly like you can't do that <laughs> sure by all means go for it uh, it just doesn't feel quite right to me mm-hmm. so but you said these people were hardcore you describe them as hardcore right i would say that's a pretty hardcore thing i mean just to, yes. to walk out in front of traffic uh also to camp out i mean i think to camp out in a park is a pretty 
hardcore activist thing to do. You're, yes. you're basically going to guarantee at some point an encounter with the police, whether it's going to be the first night or not. That's really the only question is when uh, the police are going to show up. Right. And we've seen that happen in the Occupy movements around the country where the police just within the last 48 hours have really kind of swooped in and began confiscating people's tents, demanding that they leave and arresting folks. Yeah, I would say this really picked up yesterday when a lot of the protests that were supposed to happen this weekend kind of got into full gear. I know there were arrests in multiple cities yesterday. Uh, that were covered on the show, right? Yeah, they appear to have been cracking down right before this uh, this particular Saturday event. Mm-hmm. So there's another uh, interesting point in this. They they constantly have these uh, generally assem- uh, general assembly meetings yep. where there are things that are voted on and there's this stack and they stack ideas and things for discussion and kind of take things off the stack as they're being addressed, etc. Is and this Robert's Rules of Order? No, this is some <laughs> sort of organizational big crowd thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know who came up with it, but it's I'm it's fairly familiar. prevalent across the Occupy uh, groups uh, around the country. Okay. So during one of these, uh, we're out at uh, Keene Central Square, which has sort of gotten a reputation for being a place where people feel free to go and uh, enjoy cannabis mm-hmm. uh, for a long time that's been that way up here. Just recently, the cops have kind of been cracking down on that, but there's still plenty of time when the police aren't in the park, and usually most people won't call so, call the police on someone enjoying cannabis. Mm-hmm. And I got a good example of uh, the support that that sort of thing has around here, because there's a lot of trash talking. There's a lot of vocal people that say, you know, this is terrible for Keen. It looks bad that, you know, people are smoking cannabis. I can't bring my kids through the park. All kinds of complaints. <laughs> you hear these complaints. Wow. And so today we had maybe about 20 people toward the end of the afternoon that were having another meeting. It started to rain. And so the group of 20 went under the gazebo. Now, in the gazebo, there are already about maybe seven or 10 people. Some of them were enjoying some cannabis or they began enjoying cannabis shortly after we arrived. It was around 420 in the afternoon at this time. And that's the time to do it. So we're having we're continuing this meeting up there in the gazebo. And at one point, one of the organizer types says, well, there appears to be illegal activity going on near the the meeting, and I'm uncomfortable. Basically, was the message. So, isn't the, the whole thing illegal? I mean, the, if, the whole occupy. Yeah, the, the whole no, not being in a about park, it. not being in a park waving signs. That's that's not illegal. Well, but I, I mean. There's just so much that they could cite you for about that per- organizing without a permit. It's true. You know, I mean, all she, kinds of stuff. Yeah. I mean, on on one hand, I think this lady was willing to do some civil disobedience, mm-hmm. if, if I'm recalling correctly. But so she was afraid about this, and some other lady said that she was worried she was going to get, you know, arrested. And it was pointed out that no, you, you don't get arrested if someone else has weed nearby you. <laughs> So yeah. that was pointed out. And then actually she was of, feeling some fear, huh? I think She's, so. And yeah. then one of the other organizers uh, basically took a, an informal poll of the group and said, well, how many of you are uncomfortable by illegal activity happening nearby? Oh, they're taking a vote. Huh? Yeah, and this was very. So what do you think? What do you think the results were? Well, it was there probably were, split among the people who were smoking and the people who weren't, right? No, not at all. No? Actually, it was probably about 27 to three, uh, wow. meaning three people were, were uncomfortable. uncomfortable. So the super majority of this group of really disparate activists, people that uh, they're coming together for the first time, maybe some know some of them, but not everybody knows everybody. Right. So this Mm -hmm. is a fairly large group of people that have come from different places. And so for all the trash talking about how awful it is that people are smoking cannabis in Central Square, when a poll was in, you know, kind of an unscientific, informal poll right there of that group of, uh, of activists. Do you think the people who did feel uncomfortable, like, were even too scared to just speak up about it? I don't know. You would think that they would have raised their hands. I mean, Maybe. only a few, only a, literally a handful, three of them yeah. did. 
And I thought that was an interesting you know, moment yeah. that kind of counteracted a lot of the, the trash. Now, that's not to say there aren't, there's not trouble with public property and how people can behave mm. on public property. Well, but let's face it. A lot of the people who are complaining about people maybe smoking pot in the square are some of the same people that will do things like drink alcohol in front of their kids and maybe get a little out of control with it. And I, I think you're right that it can be a few vocal people who kind of perpetuate perpetrate that narrative well the squeaky wheel gets the oil as they say let's go to becky listening in manchester new hampshire becky you're on free talk live with ian and stephanie hi hey becky what's on your mind tonight um i just wanted to just voice my opinion about all this occupied here and there and i i just feel that these people they don't really know what they want okay that's okay though right What's that? Is it okay to not know what you want? Is it okay to, for instance, know there's oh, yeah, a problem but not know what you want to do about it? Well, I, I, I don't, I, miss, I don't, I, I think actually the the initial premise was good, but then I think it went from I want my college tuition paid for to um, I don't want my boss telling me what to do at work to. Um, you so know, I'm curious, I, Becky. I, have you? I have, don't want my neighbor mowing his lawn at nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> well, inevitably, uh, it's hard for a large group of people to agree on anything. <laughs> I'm curious, Becky. Have you actually been out to one of these? If you don't mind, hang with us. We'll bring you back here in a moment. More with Becky. Your thoughts as well. Eight five five four fifty free. That's toll free. One eight five five four five zero three seven three three. It's a live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. You can dial in toll-free if you'd like. Bring up whatever you'd like at 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Stephanie. Also want to invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features there for free. Unlike those other talk show hosts who want to charge you for accessing their sites, uh, we do it free over at freetalklive.com. Now, you've probably been hearing about Bitcoins for a while now if you've been listening to this show, uh, but maybe you didn't know how to get them. Well, now it's easy. You can get Bitcoins by depositing cash at thousands of banking locations across the United States, uh, including the evil big banks like Bank of America. Once you have your Bitcoins, <laughs> you can use them to pay anyone in the world with no transaction fees or third parties getting involved. It works just like a person-to-person cash transaction, but online. Learn more over at bit, uh, exchangebitcoins.com. That's exchangebitcoins.com. So we started out talking about the Occupy protests slash demonstrations movement, campouts, mm. whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's going on, and it's going on in a big way, and it's going on internationally. I, I, I understood from the meeting today that uh, it's real big in Spain and even in Australia and other places around the world. The U.S. media is so focused on 
inside the U.S. You know what I mean? It's sure. difficult to get world news from U.S. sources. Well, apparently this and this I didn't know until today. It apparently started in Spain, huh. and that was several months before it actually went to Wall Street. I did not know that either. So now, as of today, it's gone to a whole lot more locations, uh, including smaller places like our very own Keene, New Hampshire, where we produced this uh, this program. Where over a hundred people uh, turned out at one point today, and far more uh, throughout the entire day, of course, came out. And uh, where there's been very biased reporting from the local media, right? The local media estimated the uh, turnout at 35 when it was absolutely confirmed <laughs> at over a hundred wow. uh, while I was there at at one point. And I know the media was there when it was when it was <clears throat> it was busy. So our number here again, 855-453. Maybe you've got some comments on the Occupy movements that are happening or observations on what happened today. Maybe you were actually down in Wall Street or perhaps in Philly, wherever, and you, you observed something. You wanted to relate what, uh, what you've seen. 855-453. <clears throat> we did have a young lady on the line, Becky, mm-hmm. who had some, uh, some opinions that she was sharing, but unfortunately we lost her during the break. Now, one of the things she said that she was concerned with was that it seems like the people in the, the Occupy movement don't really know what they want. Yeah, I think I've heard that sentiment from many different people. And to a certain extent, it's true. I mean, but you have to keep it in perspective. How could such a large group of people who all have different reasons for being upset and probably different ideologies, how could they really all agree on everything and kind of be of one mind? It doesn't. I think that's unrealistic. To yeah, those are that. certainly some awkward moments. Uh, for instance, in the General Assembly meeting that they had today, there were some questions that were asked by one of the organizers, the guy, one of the guys that was organizing it. There's usually someone who calls themselves the facilitator who kind of facilitates, for lack of a better term. Sure. <laughs> uh, and he was asking people how they felt about issues, and there was clearly mixed uh, feelings about these issues that are being thrown out and just throwing out a, a general term and expecting people to be able to say for sure or against, you know, how their opinions were. And it was kind of a very rudimentary uh, method of, of communicating mm. or uh, trying to sort of come to some sort of consensus on what the group believes. Well, you know, I've been thinking about this and kind of relating the occupiers to something like the Free State Project, which we discuss a lot on the show. And I think to some extent, a big tent can be useful because that's the whole idea behind the the Free State Project. It's just to get a bunch of people who are interested in liberty, kind of whatever that means to them. There are many different sub ideologies within that. And the common purpose, I guess, is to create a freer society here in New Hampshire. Right. With a Free State Project. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So but I mean. The Occupy movement is similar in a way because they're all basically united by feeling like something isn't right, wanting social change. And there are libertarian ideas in there. There are also socialist ideas. There are also ideas that might be considered left leaning, I guess you could say. Right. So I ran into a guy who is fairly uh, prevalent on like the Facebook group for for Occupy Keen, Mm -hmm. who uh, described himself as a libertarian socialist. So, uh-huh. uh, so yeah, you know, yeah. that's going to give you some indication of, of some of the people that are that are attending these. Certainly, it's more of a liberal kind of skew as far as the attendees. But uh, for sure, there's common ground. There's so much common ground between oh. liberalism and libertarianism. And, Which is why know. it's a great idea for liberty minded people to be going out to these Occupy events. Yes. If there's one near you, it's worth some time. If you've got some time this weekend, they're probably going to be going on uh, all weekend long and if these you know smaller places can somehow keep it up they'll be camping out mm-hmm. which i think is is incredible i mean it's an it's an incredible show of uh solidarity and, and activism even if the message isn't particular particularly solid it's you know it's not a very well refined message but it seems like most of the people 
in the group uh, seem to be interested in kind of the message of the 99 percent, yep. like that, uh, you know, that we're the 99 percent and the 1 percent controls almost everything, mm-hmm. and including the money and industry and, and all that. And yeah. from what I can tell, it's probably a true statement. Uh, yeah. And I, I can understand <laughs> that, you know, those that 1 percent entrenching themselves with the power of the state uh, using violence on their peaceful neighbors to keep themselves in business you know, to protect themselves from competition. I think that's really the key point here. uh, To make to the folks that are attending these. Yes, absolutely. Because not a lot of people realize that government is what makes it possible for large corporations to get so big, to have these sort of monopoly privileges, uh, patents, copyrights, that kind of thing, to get bailouts. And they work hand in hand together, these large corporations and the government. And there's, it's really, it's really silly to believe that you're, you're going to be able to change that. Right. To, that uh, you'll somehow be able to vote out the corporate influence. Oh, to change from, it by working with the system. DC yes, for sure. <laughs> to change D.C. So there was one lady that saw my sign. I had my kind of all purpose feds out of NH see now sign out. Today. Uh-huh, yeah. And so one lady was asking me about the sign and I you know, kind of explained a little bit about why secession was a good idea. Like, you know, these feds murder people. A lot of people, and I don't really like that very much. She said she wasn't quite ready to go to secession, but she didn't, uh, you know, outright object, you know, outright shoot it it down. She's being honest. I'm not quite ready to go where you're going, but I like the direction, right? Let's let's go to you and your thoughts uh, here. We're talking about the Occupy movement, but you can also, of course, bring up anything. 855-450-FREE. That is the toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI, and this is Free Talk Live. Let's go to Dave listening in Nevada. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's on your Um, mind tonight, Dave? What's that? What's on your mind? Oh, well, I wanted to. I wanted to say that, that Central Square isn't isn't really a park. It's more of a of a roundabout with buildings in the middle. But um, I think that the Occupy Wall Street people are more into socialism. I mean, I heard they had thirteen points, and and most of these thirteen points. This was early in the demonstration. Aligned more with the socialistic. Uh, philosophy than it did with uh with a uh, you well, know Dave if I could I just know. if I could just jump in here actually Mark sure. read those thirteen points on the show a couple of weeks ago and as I understand it they came from a forum post of one of the people who was involved with occupying New York City and Wall Street and so. I don't know if they necessarily represent the entire movement or everybody who's there. Even so, it's okay that they're socialists. Everybody sure. starts on the path to liberty somewhere. Yep. Uh, so some people yeah, start as hardcore fascists, and some people start as uh, as socialists. And the <laughs> message of liberty is a very persuasive message, and it's a logical message, and it's a moral and practical message. And consistent. So all you have to do is get it out there and you know be cautious and be tactful about how you get it out there. But getting out to these events is one way to do that. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. The number 855-450-FREE is uh, the toll-free telephone number. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. All around the world, people are achieving success and making their dreams come true. You can be one of them. Whether it's wealth, happiness, business, or relationships, the only thing keeping you from achieving your goals is the desire to be successful and the know-how to achieve it. At AllSuccessClub.com, you'll find the information you need to succeed from those who've already achieved it. Set your life on the path to success now at AllSuccessClub.com. This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition of the program. 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-855-450-3733. 
And have you heard that Ron Paul is a top-tier candidate? Well, not if you've been watching mainstream media. In fact, on October 19th, freedom lovers everywhere intend to create a ripple so big in politics that no media outlet will be able to ignore it. So you can join in and help Ron Paul get more exposure over at blackthisout.com. That's blackthisout.com. By the way, other websites of interest include the Podcast Awards. It's happening now. And the voting, the way it works, you can vote once a day. I think from now until the 27th or through most of the 27th. So go to podcastawards.com. If you enjoy this program, you can vote for Free Talk Live in the politics slash news category. And we are in, I think now we're up looking at getting our seventh one. I think we've had six, five or six of these. I'm sorry, Mm. I'm losing count. Five? (laughs) Mantric knows. I don't even know. (laughs) And so, yeah, so we're trying again. And it's thanks to you. Our listeners went and nominated us. I didn't even know it was happening. I've been in jail. So Yeah, wow. I didn't know the nominations were happening either, but they appear to be all set. The nominations are good. Now it's the voting period. So I'm looking through to see how many of the Liberty shows that I recognize are on there. I didn't see very many. Yeah, I mean, well, Free Talk Live is on I thought on there. I would see uh, Free Domain Radio by Stefan Molyneux, but that is not there. Wow, yeah, and so or, or Prometheus Unchained on the LGBT section, yeah, or maybe, maybe it's snuck my up on show, people. Pork maybe, Therapy. <laughs> you know, maybe the word didn't get out that uh, the nomination period was, was going on. But anyway, yeah. so please, please take a moment, vote for Free Talk Live. It's a very quick thing to do, uh, and it's free, and you know, they're not going to sell your email or anything like that. So podcastawards.com is where you can go for that. To the phones and to the fun. We're talking about the Occupy movement. Of course, you can also bring up anything at 855-450-FREE. Deanna, ladies first, listening in Madison to the mic 92.1. Hi, guys. How are you? Hey, great. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, you know, I think that with this Occupy Wall Street thing, I think that the important thing to keep in mind here for people that are sitting here saying that these people don't have a message, they don't know what they want, is that the clear thing that is coming across is that they know collectively that something is wrong and something needs to be fixed and that whatever is wrong is trickling down and affecting us in such a significant way that I'm concerned that my daughter either won't be able to go to college, I won't be able to afford to put her into college, or if she does go to college because I can afford it and we can get loans, she won't have a job. That's Mm. one of many, many concerns that I think collectively as a whole needs to be attacked, or not attacked, but tackled. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. Deanna, that's your name, right? <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> yeah. I, Deanna, I agree with you that it, it definitely seems like people know that something is wrong. The occupiers know that something is wrong. And there is a lot of this fear and uncertainty about the future, especially with the economy being so poor right now and so many uh-huh. people not being able to get jobs out of college. Like, I think that's really important people to, to people to feel that sense of security that comes with having a good job and knowing that one can provide for one's family. Right. But mm-hmm. the thing right. is, the future is always going to be uncertain. And I think that people sort of have to accept some small degree of risk. But, you know, yeah. we can also empower ourselves, I guess, uh, is what is what I would suggest to kind of mitigate that fear, you know, to keep learning new skills. There's so much free information out there on the Internet. You can teach yourself new and different things and make yourself a more attractive employee all the time. Most people switch careers. I I agree with you. Mm -hmm. I I work from home. I'm an entrepreneur. Excellent. Cool. So I have found many, many ways to make an income because I can't and haven't been able to find a stable 
job. And it's a bad idea to rely on a job in the first place because it can always be taken away. If they decide they want to go with somebody younger that's going to work for, you know, $3 an hour less than you or something like that, they can just pull it out from right from underneath you. And so it's important to develop those those things that you can do. And thanks, Deanna, for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, it's important to develop those things that you can do that are unique to you mm-hmm. as far as what you can offer the marketplace. Maybe it's a product or service of some sort that hopefully will be valuable. It's not going to be valuable or, or spread quickly necessarily. Maybe it will. Well, but you've got to start somewhere. This points to another problem, too, I think, with the entire government education system. People are not encouraged to take initiative, to be leaders, to be entrepreneurs. Sure. Well, especially know? when they're going around and cracking down on things like lemonade stands. Yeah. I mean, that's a severe level of discouragement from taking risk and being an entrepreneur. Oh, yeah. Everything is illegal. You know, if, if you're trying to start your own business, you have an idea, a product you want to bring to people, you look around every corner and there's a bureaucrat and a regulation facing you, telling you that you can't pursue your dream. And I think that's so unfortunate. Yeah. And we need to get people together who are willing to say, well, I don't care what your rules say. I'm going to do what is my dream anyway. Uh, let's go to Clint. Listen, that's part of what I think the Free State Project is about. For sure. But let's go to Clint in Times Square. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Clint. Yeah. Hey, uh, I'm on my 15-year wedding anniversary, and we just happened to go to New York. And I'm down here at you know Times Square where the protest is going on. Just want to check in with you guys and let you know how it was going. Excellent. Well, congratulations on your anniversary. <laughs> yeah, right and, on. We didn't plan, you know, we planned this well before the Occupy event. Hey, uh, the, the couple that here. protests together stays together. So what is yep. it that, what is your, what are your observations, Clint? What are you seeing out there? Um, you know, we went through where they were camped in the park the other day, and I, I had a chance to talk to a few people. You know, they seemed very frustrated uh, I think a lot of them that I talked to talked about a government problem, and their solution was government to fix it, which I didn't really understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really debate much with anybody. I was just there to kind of see what was going on. Um, but, you know, we see a lot of signs over here, F the rich and, you know, things like that. Um, I have seen a few people uh, promoting liberty, uh, mostly Ron Paul, I've talked to them a little bit, and they said that they've had a little bit of success building some inroads with the uh, with the Occupy movement. But that's pretty much what I've been. I mean, there's a million people down here on Times Square, and wow. a half a million cops. And wow, did you see any arrests or any police brutality while you were there? I haven't seen any. That's um, good. While I've been here, no. Uh, no, I know we walked down by Wall Street where they. I assume they have it blocked off for this event, you know, no cars and the police barricades and stuff. And, um, you know, they're, they're all just standing around staring the crowd, kind of stone face, staring everybody down. But <laughs> cops. Any, cops and their stone event. face and their, yeah. uh, their sunglasses. The sunglasses. Thanks, Clint. The appreciate the call. Be safe out there and have fun. Uh, thanks for, uh, appreciate hearing from you. one uh, 450 free That's the toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI, by the way. one 450 You know, he mentioned uh, a, a theme that you might see at these events across the country is this kind of F the rich, uh, mm-hmm. soak the rich, tax the rich, etc. And that's nothing new, by the no, way. No, it's certainly – there's a lot that's not new yeah. about these yeah. uh, protests. But it's what's new is that there are people getting together, and that's exciting. And of course, it's the first time anything like this has happened in this country where we've had internet. And clearly the internet is really affecting the ability of this to spread in Absolutely. a very positive manner. But with that, that theme on you know screw the rich – 
it's interesting to juxtapose that against what you might see at, say, like a tea party event, where also people are very, uh, you know, they know something's wrong, but they're also kind of confused about what to do about it. So at the tea party event, some people, maybe they've got a problem with the Federal Reserve, but on the other hand, they think that they can fix immigration by, uh, you know, by throwing a bunch of force at it and hurting people. So it seems like so on one hand... Scapegoat. In well, either right. side, right? Exactly. So on one hand, you've got immigrants that are the bad guys over at the Tea Party, and then at Occupy, fill in the blank, uh, you've got the rich that are the bad guys. Where and, in reality, the common thread of what's wrong is the government. Yeah, right? exactly. Because the rich wouldn't be able to so-called, you know, take advantage of people without the government's help. No, in fact, wealth would be far more evenly distribute, uh, distributed, but it wouldn't be perfectly even, of course, but it would be closer to even than it is now by, I would think, a significant amount yes. because you would have the freedom to compete in a free market, which we don't have. Yeah, the- because there are so many barriers to entry that new technologies and new things that could improve everyone's standard of living are just not allowed to be brought to market. Because- or maybe they'll be allowed after 20 years of passing yeah. through some bureaucratic process, and paying millions, billions of dollars. Of dollars. Yeah. So, and, uh, you know, dealing with all the litigation that might come up and patents and copyrights and it all really of this just stuff. hurts the end user. And it's, it especially prevents poor people from getting into business and really yeah. innovating uh, in different industries. 1 855 450 free. And, I, and when, I, when I say poor people, I include immigrants. It prevents immigrants from coming here and making a better life for themselves as well. 855 450 free. It's Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free. 855-450-FREE. Of course, today, big day for the Occupy movement. Uh, Nationwide, it spread to more cities and maybe even towns. Because Keene, New Hampshire barely qualifies as a city. (laughs) And we had over 100 people out today, which I thought was pretty great. Uh, You can actually see a picture from the event. I probably should upload more, but uh, I didn't have time before the show. Because this thing went all day long. Mm-hmm. And so there's one one point at which a young guy got up and put uh, a flag into the hands of the soldier. This, there's this monument to the Union soldiers mm-hmm. that is, to some extent, a monument. You know, it's basically a monument to war. Yeah. And he took a, a peace flag and actually slid it right into this guy's hand. And he's, so he's holding a peace flag up there above this entire uh, event, which I just thought was awesome. I love it. And actually, that was something I wanted to ask you about, Ian, is did you see a lot of anti-war messages? Because I would think that if people are interested in fighting against the idea of corporatism, I mean, the military industrial complex would seem to be tops on that list. I know for a fact that the reason this particular event was scheduled to start at 1215 was because at noon, the anti-war protests or the peace, peace demonstration happens every single week in Keene. It's mm-hmm. been going on for years here. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the idea was to invite those guys in to this particular event. 
So I, d- I don't know how many signs were anti-war. There were a variety of signs, and I was focused mostly on doing the, the outreach. I was waving at, you know, traffic and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get a chance to you know, go around and take an inventory of who had what. But I know there are going to be a lot of photos out there, this event and other events. Um, so you can check that out, I'm sure. Cool. But for now, you can go to freekeen.com, get a little bit about it. We'll continue with you and your thoughts. Leslie is in Rochester, Minnesota. Leslie, you're on Free Talk Live. Thanks. Do you guys remember that Glenn Beck Restore America rally that happened, what, about a year ago or something? Oh, it's ringing a bell for me. Was this the one in D.C.? Oh, it was a huge, I, you know, I don't even know, I think it was, I don't even actually know where they held, but it was like a million people. Uh, it was in the summertime. It was okay. Glenn Beck was up there in charge of it. Yeah. So I remember this. Yeah, they called it the, he called it the Restore America Rally. It was absolutely huge. Uh, but the interesting thing at, at that rally, and I wasn't there, but I mean, I just saw on TV, but, and I, well, I spoke with one person who was there, and the interest, these are all very patriotic type people. And, you know, Glenn Beck stood up on stage and he said, you know, if, Go to your churches and synagogues and all of this kind of thing. And most of the people in the crowd, you know, were it was all like support our troops and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Yes, I remember so I, these messages of very religious themes. And also, I, if I recall, Sarah Palin spoke there and she said something about uh, how, what an honor it is to send your children to the state to fight in wars and stuff. Ew, that's horrible. And people were associating this stuff, which is really anti-libertarian, with how, libertarianism. How anyone can call themselves a Christian, and thanks, by the way, Leslie, for the call, how anyone can call themselves a Christian and support war. Don't yeah. get it. How anyone can support war. I don't get it. Right, but the crowd that, <laughs> right. Right, but the, the crowd that you're talking about, you mentioned is very religious. Oh, yes. They were, they were talking about yeah, the, religion. The irony of people who claim to be pro-life and then they're, anti, you know, they're, they're for these giant foreign wars is incredible. Let's go to Kevin in Indianapolis listening to WXNT. Hey, Kevin, you're on Free Talk Live. I promise I called in 20 minutes ago before you were talking about. I, my question is, do you believe that it's necessary for our government or our country to have a military? Well, I don't think that there's a reason to have a coercive monopoly <laughs> known as the government in the first place. So I think that if you'd like to have defense, I think you're going to get the defense services you're looking for in a far more effective manner if you actually allow it to be provided by the marketplace. Then you can order whatever sort of defensive protection services you want to. And if you're the kind of guy that wants to go around the world and kill innocent people, you can join some sort of a gang of people that goes and tries to do that. But you might get killed if you do that. So well, maybe you wouldn't. I, I I agree that I think there are other ways to meet those needs for safety and security that I think everyone has those, right? Everybody wants to be safe and protect their families. Why would they want to turn that over to the government? Go ahead with your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Well, I I wanted to ask ask you first. So basically, you do not think that we need to have a military through the government. Now, the only reason I even believe that we need a government is to provide a military or the federal government is to provide military. Right. But had you ever considered, I understand, that's what they say in the Constitution, etc. I used to be one of those constitutional guys, so mm-hmm. I'm familiar with it. It's hard It's um, hard to think about that concept of how would those needs for defense get met without a federal government kind of orchestrating a military, but there are a lot of different ways they could be met. Right. Have you ever really thought about that, Kevin, about the idea of taking it out of the hands uh, of the government and allowing the market to decide? Yes, I have, but there was a perfect example of how that is, would be difficult to... Uh, 
keep in force and working properly. There was a damages as a show that's on FX now, or actually it's on uh, DirecTV. And they're going more and more to uh, non-governmental militia-type operations because they can do more outside the scope of the Geneva Convention, et cetera. And they are more effective in many ways, but then there's... Well, I'm not talking force. about a force paid by the government, but that's what you're saying, like these private... No, 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 no I'm just saying a private, private, let's just say it's privatized. Yeah. Well, that, stuff, private. that, that to me, I see what you're saying. You're giving it as an example of they're, they're more effective than perhaps the government force. Uh, and indeed, that, well, I think that's you're saying true. they're more brutal, right? Because they're... They're, they're more brutal. They're more corruptible. They're, they have less. I know this is hard to believe, but they have less ethics. My well, uncle, no, I, I don't think it's it's difficult to believe that. I mean, it, it kind of makes sense. Actually, well, that's but, why they're there is for the government to be able to get around whatever rules they have for themselves. Oh, we'll, right, just, but we'll this, just hire these private employees and then they, they can do things that we can't but, do. But you do realize this is happening today. I mean, the, there are these military contractors. Blackwater is a really that's famous what we're talking KBR. About. We're talking about what's happening today. Right. Yeah, yeah it goes become, on. If they became a, a, a separate entity, then... There is nothing to keep them from just taking over the entire country. That if they have all the guns, uh, well, you, they don't they have all would, the guns. No, I think they, that would be really difficult. Think about how someone would pay for it if they wanted to take over an entire country. I think it would be really difficult to have a, a company or, I guess, a, a group that wasn't able to take money from everyone by force as much as they wanted. They, they, they would then go into the business of the drug trade. They would go into the... They ah, would take but all, the reason the drug trade is so profitable is because it's illegal. I mean, that makes sense, right? It, when something is prohibited, it goes into the black market. Find a way. If you have the weaponry and you have the law on your side, and because they would then be put in, in power... They would find a way to yeah, find see, the money. Maybe I don't, I don't think we've really talked about the idea of getting the marketplace into defense. The idea would be there would be no power. So there's no government. There's no monopoly on violence. You would have different, uh, different groups that would be competing based on customer service, based on how good their protection was. That's why they would get hired in the first place. Mm-hmm. Who would voluntarily give money to a company that had the plans to take over uh, the United States? And, you know, a and model even like- if they got uh, big enough to take, somehow take over the United States, <laughs> which is ludicrous, uh, as you pointed out, Stephanie, they're not being funded by coercive means. They'd be funded by voluntary means to even get up to that point to where they could right. take something over. And so their well, customers could pull their support, and this protection agency wouldn't have the ability to print money. So that's one of the reasons why you have so much warmongering going on. Even within the government system, if the government didn't have the ability to just print money, if there was like a market-based currency, mm-hmm. even then the monopoly government couldn't do that much because they wouldn't be able to print out the cash that they need to go to war. They're not taxing people directly to go to war. They're printing cash out, basically, and cutting checks to people, thereby inflating the money supply and making a lot of these wars possible that otherwise, if we'd had like gold or silver or something like that, would have been completely impossible because people would have not given money voluntarily to those efforts. And the inflation tax gets around that. I want to thank you, uh, Kevin, for the call. There's a lot to think about. You know, I would when like it comes to, to this issue. I would like to point something out that I think is super important from when, when people are thinking about this question, and that is, if defense were provided on a voluntary basis, it would shift the focus towards having defense truly be defense. Because what, sure. what we have today, when so-called defense is provided by the government, is I know it's called the Department of Defense, but they used to be called the Department of War, and they've really mm. turned into, if you look at their actions, more of an offensive kind of group. And I think if people are paying for voluntary defense from agencies, from, you know, there might be uh, 
companies that would provide it on a charitable basis to get their name out there, like, oh, this area is defended by... Or you could have everything whatever. from a company to some sort of a cooperative. You could have yes. a group of, you know, Neighborhood Watch mm-hmm. uh, that, that somehow contracts for other services that they might need if they actually did, you know, catch somebody in the act of, uh, of doing something. So who knows but exactly how it would work But the point is the out. services that they're buying are defensive. They're not offensive in nature, right? Yeah. Only governments do that because only they have the ability to fund themselves ad infinitum, essentially, right? Yeah, exactly. And of course, there's all kinds of nasty side effects that come from uh, going onto the offense as well. So, and if you're one of those kinds of people, and they, these people do exist, the kind of people that they the crusader, you know, they've got some sort of thing that's very important to them, whether it's a, a conflict in two other countries that are going on or some sort of personal mission that they have to voice their view on others. If those people want to go and fund their little crusade and try to use force to take over something or do force something on someone else, I don't support it, and I wouldn't have to support it in a free market, and the people that that, uh, are in favor of peace would not have to support any efforts like that. And they and isn't would have it to scary take, when those people get in power. <laughs> they would have to take the risk on their own shoulders in that case mm. for, for funding that violence. They would be the ones that would be liable for, for, th- for hurting people. And the consequences would come back directly on them. Hour two's coming up. Free Talk Live. The Ruger LC9. Compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP. Features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. This is Free Talk Live. We are inside the Saturday edition. It is live. We're here to take your calls about anything you want. The number is toll-free, and it's brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you this evening is Ian. And Stephanie. Stephanie, you host your own radio show. I sure do. What's it called? It's called Pork Therapy, and it's pork like a porcupine, P-O-R-C, therapy.com, if you want to find out more about it. Well, why should people listen to Pork Therapy? It's a really interesting show. It's about freeing your mind in an unfree world, I guess you could say. (laughs) I like that. Porktherapy.com. That's pork with a C. Uh, for more of Stephanie, as we continue here, uh, 855-450-FREE. For those of you just tuning in, uh, first hour, the Occupy movements across the country, certainly the dominant topic. Of course, you can bring up anything you'd like. In fact, Stephanie, I know at one point you'd like to tell us if we get a chance uh, a little bit more about the world population, possibly yes. eclipsing seven, or definitely at some point, here, <laughs> eclipsing seven billion people. Uh, we can get to that. Or again, take your calls about anything at 855-453. Maybe you've been out at uh, some of these Occupy events. Today was basically the National Occupy Day. For those who hadn't kicked off an Occupy event in their city, this would have been a good day to do it. It was uh, happening all around the world, as a matter of fact. And so you're welcome to share your thoughts as we continue with Shane listening in Oklahoma City. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Shane. Yes, I was wanting to say that here in Oklahoma City, I saw a bunch of anti-capitalists and, and uh, businesses and stuff like that on their little rally. But uh, number one thing I was wanting to also ask is how come uh, Ron Paul is uh, he doesn't like to do interviews? I don't I don't understand that. He does. Those are two very different questions. <laughs> Ron Paul doesn't well, like to do I, I think, I, I think, I think. Well, 
it might be a political strategy so he can hear what the other person's is. Uh, well, he can be more prepared. But as far as like, well, I listen, I mean, not only I listen uh, to uh, conservative uh, talk shows, but I also listen to, uh, uh, to your show and other shows too. But I just wonder, I just wonder why, why I never really hear any, any interviews or anything like that, or even like Fox News or anything oh, maybe, like that on the interview. Maybe, Shane, it's because the media seems to be kind of not paying as much attention to Ron Paul. Do you think right. that's I don't think it's because Ron yeah. Paul is turning down interviews. Yeah. I think it's because... <laughs> He's uh, always happy to talk about the ideas of liberty when he gets a chance. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine Ron Paul would say no to MSNBC or Fox coming to him and asking him to appear for, for an interview. I mean, certainly... Well, you know, We've seen him in well, those, those circumstances I, before. Go ahead. Well, one thing I have noticed, too, is if you watch the debate, they hardly ever even talk to him, or they don't hardly even talk to even Nick Gingrich. Oh, yeah. Well, they don't Ron want Paul, people don't to know to about Ron Paul. I mean, there, there, are people, there are a lot of people in the mainstream media that are very uh, interested in keeping Ron Paul out of the discussion, and that's why at a recent yeah. event uh, he only got like three questions. It's what I heard. I didn't watch it, uh, but yeah. the, like just a handful of questions at the recent debate as compared to the other candidates who got much more screen time. Yeah, the, the one. I noticed the ones that lie a lot. Boy, they sure got a bunch of questions to ask them. <laughs> hey, thanks for the call tonight, uh, Shane. Appreciate hearing from you. And, of course, there are a number of uh, people that would be in support of Ron Paul and are. I saw some Ron Paul T-shirts out there today on people I didn't know mm-hmm. at this uh, Occupy Keen event that I attended. Interesting. So, uh, uh, and Ron I've- Paul... You know, you've always said in the past, Ian, I remember in 2008 when I was listening to Free Talk Live and y'all were covering the Ron Paul campaign back then. I remember you asked the question after it was over, well, what happens to all of these people? Does their activism energy kind of fizzle out? Mm. Do they become more interested in the ideas of liberty and educate themselves even more? Or do they kind of just drop off? And I'm curious about that. And I'm curious if they're coming back out of the woodwork this time around or if these are new people. I would imagine uh, many of them are coming back out of the woodwork. And we know for a fact there are new people finding Ron Paul. I mean, clearly he's starting from a better position. And, And in politics, getting elected Certainly at a, a local level is about name recognition, and yeah. at a national level, that, that's a big factor as well. So the fact that Ron Paul got his name out to some extent during the 2008 campaign is, and the fact that he garnered all those supporters, those new supporters then, I doubt very many of them dropped away. I mean, because Ron Paul is a pretty consistent dude, and he hasn't done anything different over mm-hmm. the last four years. It's not like he turned around and became a statist. So many of his supporters are uh, are right behind him. And sure. I know that they're they're amping up. They're pre- preparing, at least up here in New Hampshire. I've seen pictures of like a warehouse full of Ron Paul signs that have been made. Oh, uh, wow. And I guess they're going to be put out in various different places. Huh. But I think that we're about to see you know the Ron Paul campaign kick into gear, especially with what's happening uh, coming up on October 19th. Uh, the, the money bomb is happening again. Now, they're not calling it the money bomb in the promotional materials here, but that's basically what it is. Last it's year, black this out, right? Blackthisout.com. Last year, uh, at uh, it was not last year, excuse me, last election season, the presidential election during 2008, they did, uh, actually it was 07, November 5th, they had a, a, another day where they raised just a record amount of money. I think it was something like $20 million for Ron Paul, which ended up dwarfing all of the other amounts that those the other candidates raised. Uh, I don't know what, for what period it dwarfed it, but it was huge. I mean, it was big news, and, and they really couldn't ignore it. And so now they're going to do that again. That's their intention. Uh, blackthisout.com. It's happening October 19th. So if you'd like to get involved, get behind the Ron Paul campaign in a big way, that'd be a great time to contribute some money to him. I've already sent him some money, but if, on the 19th, I intend to, to do it again. Because mm-hmm. 
no matter how many questions Ron Paul gets asked, even if it's just a few at a debate, having that man on that stage allows people who've never heard the ideas of freedom before, never have considered concepts like ending the war on drugs or bringing the troops home or whatever else Ron Paul might be up there promoting, uh, whatever aspect of liberty. And so to me, that's a valuable thing. And I know that political campaigns aren't the most effective way to spend money, but there's no no one else is Ron Paul. And to, you know, to get behind somebody with that level of push uh, and that level of ability to get a word out, I think I think it's worth supporting. Well, I think it's the ideas that are worth supporting. I'm sure you agree, Ian. You know, if it's, there was anyone else as big as Ron Paul, as far as getting those ideas out, I'd support that person too. Sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I just, I just think that those ideas resonate with people, and a lot of them may never have described themselves as liberty oriented or even really thought about them before, but they just kind of innately make sense. Um, the question I was asking before about like what happens to the Ron Paul supporters is, is that I could envision. I, I agree with you that they're not just probably going to turn back into status or whatever. I can envision some of them kind of waiting and laying in wait for the next liberty-oriented candidate to come out and then supporting them. But I could also imagine them kind of maybe when he lost last time getting disillusioned with the whole political process. And There's always going to be some of that, right? Burnout, uh, that kind of thing. The question is how many of them would that happen to? Yeah, And that's and the one that it's impossible to answer. Uh, because it is. It is. Some people are going to be burned out quickly, and others who maybe, maybe they got excited about politics for the first time by the Ron Paul campaign. Because really, I mean, who wants to get behind these other guys? They're awful. They're, oh, they're just they're little tyrants. Uh, yeah. The Republicans and Democrats, all they want to do is control people. So there are a lot of people that have kind of been on the outside of politics, just being disgusted by it. Yep. They saw Ron Paul got involved. So the question is, how many of those people have been disillusioned just with one election season versus mm-hmm. realizing that it's going to take some time and, and working at it again? But I agree. I think people should become disillusioned with uh, national politics <laughs> so they can focus on the idea of getting their ideas implemented, the, free, the liberty movement, focusing in one place. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Hampshire, of course, is where we've chosen. You and I, we moved here as part of the Free State Project, as have yes. hundreds of people and soon thousands of others uh, to gather liberty-oriented folks who are – you know, fairly similar to Ron Paul in many uh, many cases, uh, together into the same place to concentrate our efforts so we can actually see success. Because I don't think Ron Paul's going to see success. And even if he does, even if he does get elected somehow, that even then all he can really do immediately is to, you know, bring the troops home, which is a big deal. Yeah. Uh, and he could perhaps rip some pages out of the Federal Register, maybe pardon some people in federal prison. But aside from that, he can't just go in and decimate you know the government he can't just change it into a voluntary organization from from that position so to think that ron paul is you know the next great hope ultimately will likely disappoint you yeah there are even some people who say that if he did somehow manage to get elected and there was an economic crash which was really the result of the last 200 plus years of mismanagement certainly the last he would get blamed for it (laughs) and so maybe that might not be so good for the ideas of liberty but i think i think if we focus on the ideas they're what's really worth getting behind and championing and promoting and i'll take it where i can get it you know if people come to liberty or whether it's occupy wall street or whether it's occupy fill in the blank or a tea party people are coming to liberty from all over the place and we should do whatever kind of outreach we can to yep. these folks. Uh, 1-855-450-FREE. That's the toll-free number here. You're welcome to share your thoughts, the Occupy movement, or whatever is on your mind. You can take control of the airwaves. 855-450-3733. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And this is Free Talk Live. 
You know the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. You know a new currency will take over at some point. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor? Bitcoins. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world. Find out more at weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about Bitcoins at weusecoins.org. That's weusecoins.org. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. The toll-free number is 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Stephanie. Uh, And of course, so we will take your calls about anything. That's the point of the program. If you enjoy this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by shopping with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com. You'll find links to Amazon there. And when you shop through those Amazon links, or different links for your whatever country you might happen to be in. So click on the right one for you. And then when you buy stuff through that Amazon link, Free Talk Live will get a portion of the purchase price. So whatever it is you need to buy or want to buy, you can likely find it on Amazon. And you can get it through shop.freetalklive.com and help Free Talk Live at the same time. Also, SACL CAI, you've heard their name if you've been listening for a little while. Jason Osborne's behind it. He's the man, big supporter of the ideas of liberty. Uh, Jason Osborne, longtime supporter of Free Talk Live via SACL CAI. And if so, if you've got accounts receivable, you're looking to try something new, you need to get in touch with SACL. They're going to do collections and do it with respect so you can keep your clients in the long run. Go to freetalklive.com, see SACL CAI's banner right there at the top of the page. We continue with you and your thoughts about whatever you want, uh, whether it's the Occupy movement or anything goes. Let's go to Steve in St. Louis. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Stephanie. Steve, Hi there. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, so, yeah, we do have a Occupy St. Louis event here, and uh, I was able to see some video on it. I, I didn't actually go down to it. Now, why, why not? But the guy that... Uh, well, I broke my rib. Oh, jeez. Oh, sorry That's to hear that, reason. Steve. So what was it so you wanted to share with us? Up in the house. Um, well, the, on the interview, when they spoke with the guy, he basically was indicating that he wanted to end personal property rights. Mm. Property is theft, et like cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so, many a lot of the people there are that's what they want to do they want to end personal property rights they want to fight against the ideas of liberty um well you know, maybe it's possible that they just know. don't understand what the ideas of liberty are and uh you know that they've, they're coming from this position of socialism this indoctrinated property is theft kind of viewpoint uh that you know is essentially it's it's incorrect from the perspective of well if you own yourself then you should be able to own the things that you create. Uh, and, of course, when you start asking folks that purportedly believe that property is evil or theft or whatever, you know, ask them questions about, well, can I go ahead and then take your car? Because I, I need to go somewhere. I need to take a well, long trip, actually, to Mexico. <laughs> can I take your that's car? That's what I thought. I was like, when I, when I heard what he said about property rights, I was like, well, you know what? Give me your shirt. Yeah. In fact, give me your shoes, too. Hey, hey what about okay their body? I mean, if... if <laughs> Bend I, over. Now, I don't like to think of human beings or body parts or bodies as property, but the, you know, it's a persuasive argument to show that really all property rights are is just the ability to exclude other people from using certain things, right? 
And, and as it should be, whether yeah. it's excluding them from the use of your body or excluding them from the use of the things that you've created or that you've modified, uh, that you're involved with, that's completely acceptable. And, you know, there are some groups, like, there, for instance, there are people who live in certain arrangements where everything is shared and things are held in common. And sometimes in cases like families, for instance, that's a great example of uh, a setup where a lot of times there's met a lot of common property and it can work sometimes especially if there are kind of the social incentives to take good care of the property mm-hmm. uh and sometimes we've seen it work really badly where yeah, there are places like this where it's very dirty and steve any other thoughts you want to share yeah i mean like between strangers though yeah why, why would <laughs> why would they want to be able to tell me that they can take my property from a stranger Sure. Yeah, that's that just was, it. they wouldn't. They probably would never admit to wanting to take your property directly, right? They would want to use an intermediary, well, he, known as the government, to uh, to take your property. No, that's exactly what he did. Yeah, he said, "Well, they hmm. should they should take your property." Thanks, Steve. I appreciate hearing from you. And clearly, not everybody's right or ripe for the idea of liberty. Uh, Everybody is going to come to, the the people that are going to come to this message are going to come to it at a certain time, and maybe this is that time for some, and maybe not for others. You know, maybe some people are going to encounter the message of freedom and just turn their noses up and not, or not listen, or just crank up the wall of cognitive dissonance. Uh, There are all kinds of reactions that the, the message of freedom will get, but putting it out there is an important thing to do. Obviously, though, if your rib's broken, probably not a good idea to uh, to move and go down to this thing. But otherwise, yeah. uh, might be worth your while. We hope he feels better. Absolutely. I do have a, a funny personal story that kind of relates to Steve's call. You mind if I jump in with it real quick, If Ian? you can, sure. <laughs> so I actually knew someone who was someone who di- rejected the idea of property mm-hmm. and was liberty-oriented as well, so thought that people should voluntarily eschew property. And so I was having a conversation with this person once, and I said, well, do you mind if I go take a nap in your bed? And he said, sure, I'm not using it right now. If I wanted to use it, then I would ask you to leave. But Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I guess people could reject property on a voluntary basis, but where I have a problem is when they try to force other people to share that concept. Right. And really, I mean, I think you just pointed out that it's only really a theory. The idea of, well, we should just give each other everything voluntarily and nothing is is supposed to be yours. And then as soon as you ask if you can use the guy's bed, oh, no, not if I'm going to use it. I mean, so there's already this, there's this natural, uh, whatever it is, inbred kind of... uh, evolutionary trait, mm-hmm. if you will, uh, that essentially says humans believe in this idea. Yeah, well, We wouldn't have gotten to where we are today if we didn't believe in the idea of, uh, of ownership of that which we create and, and affect. Sharing is wonderful, you know, and it can be very f- fulfilling and can help get everyone's needs met. But at the same time, you also have to preserve yourself and make sure that you're taken care of. Right. Well, because if you don't take care of you, how can you share anything of value? Exactly. If you aren't in a, a position where you've been, been able to create something for your life, some wealth uh, for your life, how can you be of value to, to share anything? Remember, you have to have wealth in order to have free time. So even if you don't have money mm. uh, that you can give, you, could, you still give your time to like local uh, homeless shelter or local food kitchen or something like that. So time is also value, though, because mm-hmm. you could be doing something else with that time. And, and it's scarce. You can't get it back. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's always ticking away. And you have to spend time to have time as well. Mm-hmm. That way you have the leisure time to donate to these things. So if you, are, if you don't have that position from which to start, you're the one who is 
the one that needs the help. You're the one who needs the the assistance. You're the one who's who should be looking for that help. You can't give help if if you're in that position. If you're not in the position of uh, taking care of yourself first. Yeah, and I think that this is really a common thread in these Occupy protests is that people are just kind of feeling their standard of living being squeezed oh, yeah, because they're true. having to work harder and harder to pay for all to the taxes. Less. It's harder to go into business for yourself or to work for yourself, which affords a huge increase in standard of living because if you're your own boss, you don't have to worry about following someone else's schedule or planning out your time in their way. It's worth working toward. Let's go to Jason in Charleston listening to WSC-FM. Hello, Jason. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind um, Just had a couple of questions. I, I enjoy listening to the show and listen to it fairly frequently. Thanks. Um, a couple of the things you'd said tonight, at one point you guys seemed a little anti-corporate, which actually ties into what Stephanie was just saying about you know owning your own business and, and freeing yourself up and increasing your own standard of living. Mm. But you guys, it, it seems like when a business gets too big, you talk about them as being a... A block to entering the marketplace. No, not all businesses behave in that way. I'll tell you what, we can bring it back and talk a little more about this. The corporations, not all businesses are, use the government regularly to block the market, but many do. And corporations are creations of the government. We'll explain more in moments. This is Free Talk Live. My name is Jacob Hornberger. I'm president of the Future of Freedom Foundation, which Congressman Ron Paul awarded for having an outstanding freedom website. Write us at FFF at FFF.org, and we'll send you a free three-month subscription to our monthly journal of libertarian essays and our booklet, Economic Liberty in the Constitution, which George Mason University economics professor Walter Williams praised in a recent column. That's FFF at FFF.org. show is Free Talk Live. We call it that because you can bring up whatever you'd like. We have the toll-free number, 1-855-450-FREE, and we do it seven nights a week. So if you don't get all seven nights on your local talk radio station, you can contact them and ask them real nicely, and maybe they'll make a change for you. You can always get in touch with them, uh, use your local contact info, or go to local FAQ, localfaq.freetalklive.com to learn more about how to get in touch with uh, your local talk radio station. And if they do air Free Talk Live, thank them. And uh, let them know that you appreciate that because we've got a hundred plus great radio stations across the country taking this show at various different times throughout the week. Uh, you can get more information about that over at listen.freetalklive.com and the, the other variety of uh, different ways we have to get this show into your ears wherever you are around the world. Also, have you ever been the victim of an injustice and then decided to do nothing about it because attorneys are just too expensive? Well, Jurisdictionary.com is the course for people who don't have attorneys. It arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules. And until you know those rules, you're fighting in the dark. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts and costs less than an hour with any good attorney. It's four CDs, and the course is so easy that the average eighth grader can learn it in a weekend. Go to Jurisdictionary.com. Download various different free tools they have there for you, including a free legal flowchart, tips and tactics, newsletters, legal dictionary, free videos, and then you can, of course, buy the course over at Jurisdictionary.com. That's Jurisdictionary.com. You can use the pull-down menu to indicate that you heard about them from Free Talk Live. We'll continue with you and whatever's on your mind. Jason, I think, is still with us there listening to WSC. In Charleston, are you there? I am here. Now, you brought up the issue about corporations and how uh, you know some people seem to be anti-corporation. Period. Well, I think he said we sounded anti-corporate. We did apparently to him, but I, I want to make sure that I'm not. An, I want to make clear I'm not anti-business. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm anti-corporation. 
and uh, and corporations are essentially nothing more than a, a protective shield that the government has created for the people that are in business. Now, specifically, they mean it, mean it to be used by the people that are close and friendly to the government, but ultimately, even small business owners and local mom and pops can can incorporate. That doesn't make them bad just because they incorporated. Uh, in many cases, it's such a litigious society because of government yeah. that the smart thing to do in business is to become a corporation. Well, we have to remember the whole point of a corporation is, is to limit liability on the individual, right? So yep. if something happens and, some, and someone gets sued, the business owner doesn't want to assume all the risk for losing everything they have because of well, the- they, their business stands for all of that risk. Every every asset of the business then covers that risk, but it allows them to keep their personal assets. Right. Yeah. So that's the point of of incorporating essentially is to and and I understand where you guys are kind of going with you know businesses and corporations lobby the government, um, and I take issue with that as well. I just wanted to hear it from you guys about. Because you were sounding for a minute there, kind of anti-corporate, and you know, big business. I am completely anti-corporate. I am completely anti-corporate, but I am pro-business, right? Do you understand the difference? I understand. I do. I do. Hey, thanks for the call, um, Jason. I appreciate hearing from you, man. Eight five five four fifty free business. Great people should be able to start whatever businesses they want to and mm-hmm. take full liability for their actions yeah. running those businesses. But I don't think we should have this litigious society where essentially you can just throw lawsuits at people oh, and yeah. then you know see what sticks. It's and- ridiculous how many things could be worked out by people just talking with one another or maybe even involving a mediator to smooth along those talks. Absolutely. But nowadays it's just like the first reaction is to bring a lawsuit and that needs to change in my opinion. Clearly we'd like to see big changes to the so-called justice system, including private uh, arbitration rather than this one-size-fits-all government system. But even in the one-size-fits-all government system, if they were to have a loser-pay system, that means that you can't just bring a lawsuit uh, because you're going to have to pay for it if you end up losing. People will not be so blasé about just bringing a lawsuit. They won't just throw them out there because they'll know that if they lose, if they don't have a real case, if they're just trying to waste someone's time or waste someone's money or whittle them down with a bunch of cases, which it's a lot, it's a burden to deal with these these suits. And people know that. If they know they can't get away with that, if they know they're going to be liable for whatever suits they bring, through a loser pay system, it'll reduce dramatically the amount of just nonsensical suits like someone spilling coffee in their lap, those kinds of things. <laughs> yeah. See, for me, Ian, I've been really interested in conflict resolution for a number of years now. And I think that so much of this problem could be solved by focusing more on prevention, like, for instance, getting mediators involved and trying to come up with win-win solutions that don't involve uh, going to the stage of binding arbitration or you know, abiding by someone's decision. And the other thing is that the system that we have today is so punitive, right? It doesn't really focus on restitution. And I think restorative justice or just focusing on repairing the harm that is done is such an important component of justice that is completely overlooked in the society today. Yeah, and it really does need to be uh, focused on, instead of filling prisons with warm bodies, actually having those people, if they have harmed another human being, and many in those prisons have not, but if they actually have harmed another human being or done some sort of damage to their property, then they should be, uh, essentially they should be making those people whole. And if they're not willing to make those people whole, well, maybe then hold them in some sort of a cage and you know give them the opportunity to work. But I, I, I think that people need to be kept out of cages as, uh, as much as possible. Yeah. Unless they're actual dangers, imminent dangers to other human beings. There are so many situations where someone has been hurt or some wrong has been done where putting someone in a cage, it's like, 
how does that help anything? It it really doesn't. It just victimizes more people, and it's kind of tragic, in my opinion. Yeah, and they meet all kinds of interesting characters while they're in there that they otherwise wouldn't have met. So that's one yeah. of the reasons why it's called Gladiator School. I mean, you come out <laughs> knowing wow. more about crime than otherwise. Let's go to Matt listening in Yakima, Washington to KUSA. Hey, Matt, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's on your mind? You're on with Ian and Stephanie. Well, uh, you guys have been talking about war and why Christians would support it and Ron Paul and all this stuff. Why Christians would not. Real Christians would not support war. Go ahead. Real Christians would not, even though the Bible is full of it. And if you look at the Koran, it has war. Yeah, well, the Bible's a book of stories. And so, of course, there's war because war is part of human history. Uh, So there's going to be war stories in the Bible. But Jesus is what Christianity is supposed to be all about. Christians are supposed to be people who attempt to emulate Jesus as much as possible. Christ-like. They want to be Christ-like. That's the idea. At least that's what I understand the idea to be after having been uh, you know, a Christian, supposedly, and then becoming an atheist and learning more about religion finally as an adult than I was taught as a kid. Uh, that's what it's supposed to be about. And Jesus was about peace. He was about turning the other cheek, loving his neighbor, loving his enemy even. And if you support war, you're not like Jesus. Yeah. Okay, so what happens when, uh, when a Muslim starts a jihad because their religious scriptures say, hey, this is what we need to do. Really? We have you read have the Quran? Right defend ourselves, or... I know Ian has recently uh, read it. Have you read the Quran? I've read parts. Okay. I mean, well, I've, I've read, read the, the whole thing. thing. And, yeah, what po- and it never says anything about jihad in there, huh? Uh, well, actually, jihad is, uh, you know, part of uh, being a Muslim. And do you know what it means? Uh, I just know that uh, they've declared it against us. Hmm. Ah, okay. So you wait, don't wait, who's us? There's a lot of collectivists. Yeah, they, yeah. he says, have okay. declared it against us. Well, first of all, Muslims are very, very different. You know, they have different uh, sects. And, They're individuals, and, uh, just like anyone. E- just exactly. like you and me. <laughs> and like a lot of Christians, they can be radicalized by someone who's taking quotes out of context from their book. For instance, as you mentioned, there's quotes about war in the Bible. Uh, so you can take quotes out of context and maybe use it to radicalize a few people. But the supermajority of Muslims are completely peaceful. Muslim uh, Being a Muslim is a religion that is dedicated to peace. And the jihad that they're talking about is there's two of them. There's the internal and the external jihad. The internal jihad is the one that you're having with yourself about whatever issues you know you might have in your life. And the other one is the external jihad, which is the idea of spreading one's beliefs, in this case the Muslim beliefs, to the rest of the world. And in no cases is it ever acceptable for them to be spread by the sword, according to the Muslim religion. They're a very self-defense-based group. Uh, but even when it comes to self-defense, they will only defend themselves to the point. Now, this is by the actual you know, text of the Quran uh, and popular uh, Orthodox Islam. But the only the point to which they will defend themselves is the point at which the enemy stops attacking. Once the enemy says, that's it, you know, we're not doing this anymore, then the Muslims must stop as well. Hmm. It's really a peace-oriented religion. So, Matt, I'm sorry that you weren't given that information, but it's likely that uh, you've been lied to by people in the, the mainstream media in this country who want you to believe a certain thing about the Muslims, so you'll consider them your enemy, so you'll support things like killing innocent people around the world just because they're Muslims. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. You take control. The first secret to success is recognizing opportunity. The second is to act on it. But how do you gain the skills to know how and when? AllSuccessClub.com meet successful individuals online 
and in exotic locations around the world. Find out from the rich and famous how they went from rags to riches and learn how to achieve financial independence for yourself. Your path to success begins now at allsuccessclub.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want. It's a live Saturday edition of the program. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Stephanie. Our toll-free number is 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Of course, you can bring up whatever you want. That's the point of this program. We've also been talking about the Occupy uh, movements tonight, uh, warmongering so-called Christians uh, and (laughs) just most recently had a call by somebody who was just kind of echoing this commonly heard mentality about Muslims. Uh, We'll get back to that here in a moment. Of course, take your calls, 855-450-FREE. And if you're looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear, look no further than manventureoutpost.com. They carry knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. Manventureoutpost.com are family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. So some of their prices, by the way, are so low, we can't even talk about them on the radio. Uh, you can get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. That's FTL, like Free Talk Live. Get it quick and get it from manventureoutpost.com. So one eight five five four fifty free. We continue with you and your thoughts here. Joey is on the line listening in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Hey, Joey, you're on Free Talk Live. You're listening to KFPW. Hello, how are y'all? What's on your mind tonight, Joey? Well, I just um, wanted to kind of uh, go further with this comment you made about um, Islam being uh, all peace. And I just wondered how that lined up with the beginning of the religion and how the, the Prophet Muhammad was a resident of Mecca. And when he tried to start his belief there, he was ran out of Mecca, went to Medea. It's true. Had a bunch of followers, raised up a pretty much an army, and went back and took Mecca by force, and then spread a lot of Islam to many other cities in the Middle East by pretty much force and sword. Well, so actually, that's uh, m- m- partly correct. Muhammad did have, uh, you know, managed to recruit followers when he moved to Medina, more followers than uh, in Mecca, and he was under attack uh, by the people that at the time were folks who were basically polytheistic uh, worshippers of idols. And uh, Muhammad's be- message was essentially, this is wrong, there's only one God. And uh, that, that's the message he was bringing, which was an incredibly radical idea to the folks that were around there at the time. And many of them reacted in a very violent manner, as, as in the history of new ideas being put forth. In many cases, the people who are putting them forth are, they're not well received. You know, in many cases, they're violently opposed. And so that's what happened uh, Muhammad and his people were persecuted uh, by the sort of the status quo. Uh, and so essentially they were fighting in defense. And it's worth pointing out that uh, Muhammad in many instances uh, was all about forgiveness. So when people would come hmm. and attack him uh, and his, his, his associates, when people would actually try to kill him, he would let them go. He would essentially forgive them, like facing down his attempted murderers and forgive them. So I'm sorry, but no, it's not like you said it was, as I understand it. I, I, I wonder how new an idea of one God would be to these people when um, Judaism had been in the Middle East for a lot longer than 
the Prophet Muhammad had ever been there. Well, so there's the, 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 the one God, and the Israelites had been dispersed to the Far East, which would have been around in the Mecca area, would have, would have been over there in present-day Baghdad, Iraq. It was a very unpopular idea. You're right. I mean, obviously, Judaism predates uh, being a Muslim, it predates Islam, for sure. Uh, but in many cases, those folks were persecuted, as you uh, as you well know, and run out of a lot of areas. And so the the single monotheistic viewpoint was a very radical idea at that place and at that time. Thanks, Joey. Appreciate your call tonight at 855-450-FREE. That's the toll-free number. Islam is essentially translates to peace. It's a, it's a, it's a religion that's based on peace, as many religions purport to be. Yeah. It's just that the followers, in some cases, decide to interpret things differently. After all, look at all the Christians that support war. They call themselves Christians, yet they support war. But yet, you know, you don't see Muslims raining terror down on most people. You don't see terrorism happening. It's not because the government's out there keeping you safe from it. It's because it's just not happening, whether it be uh, crazed Muslims or uh, angry Christians or former ex-military people (laughs) bombing buildings with uh, trucks full of whatever. Those things are ha- those things are able to happen without government intervention because someone wants it to. Someone follows some sort of plan to do evil and to hurt their fellow human beings, and those people are crazy, and they can call themselves whatever they want to. They can call themselves atheists. They can call themselves Christians. They can call themselves Muslims or whatever. That doesn't mean that all people that identify those ways agree with them. There are Christians that really do believe in peace, and same with Muslims. Yeah, I mean, clearly violence is tragic as a strategy, no matter who's doing it or what their ideology is. I think I have somewhat of a unique perspective on this particular situation because I'm someone who is not religious. And I think if you look at any conflict, especially historical ones that go back a long time, I mean, like the Crusades comes to mind. And But it's essentially every war in history, there has been violence on both sides that's been egregious and it's been oftentimes justified by every religion that there is. And to me, I just think that it's really important to be rational about our beliefs. And if we take a critical look at whether war really serves our interests as human beings, uh, it's clear that it doesn't, right? It's clear that killing and violence are are not productive. And so I think it's really important to keep that in mind, uh, regardless of what you believe in terms of religion. Let's continue here. 855-450-FREE. And I absolutely agree with those sentiments. One of the sad parts is, though, even folks who have managed to slough off the ideas of religion is damaging or organized religion is damaging. They still love the idea of organized government. And that's mm-hmm. essentially become their new religion, that they believe in the power of man over another man, the, the power of uh, so-called democracy. And there were many chants about democracy today, which obviously were a bit of a turnoff for me uh, at the, the Occupy mm-hmm. events, because I see democracy as what it is, which is two wolves and a sheep deciding on dinner. It's majority rule, uh, and that's never a moral system. Yeah. And it's also a very – you have to have like this religious belief in the ideas of government and that it's okay – to come together to use force on your peaceful neighbors. There's really some real kind of dogma going on there. Hmm. Yeah, that's been a frustration for me as someone who kind of allies a lot with the skeptic community and people who are not religious. And actually, religion was the first thing I questioned before uh, government or finding the ideas of liberty. But, you know, I'm I'm an atheist for the same reason I'm a libertarian, essentially, is because I believe in free will and the capacity of people to make decisions and to uh, be competent in what they do. Let's talk to Matt in Addison, Illinois. Matt, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Stephanie. Hello, Ian and Stephanie. How are you? What's on your mind tonight? Doing well. Um, I just wanted to to 
point out that um, I wanted to make the comment that I'm glad you read the Koran. I've never read it. I've always wanted to read it. So any um, ideas that I have about the Islam, uh, the nature of Islam, I get from the Muslims that I personally know. Mm-hmm. And they've always been peaceful people to me. So I've never really gone for the, the rhetoric and the, uh, and the propaganda that's spouted. But unfortunately, and I think this, this gentleman and other people are a perfect illustration of this, people have a tendency to listen to their preachers or other people that have read these books when they haven't. I mean, I, I imagine that 80% of the Christians out there never read the Bible. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm just yeah, throwing something out Certainly there. Certainly far fewer have read the Quran. Right. And so they, they rely on these people that put themselves out there as experts to get their opinion. And they never look into it any further than that. So, so these people aren't really thinking for themselves. They're allowing another, another person to do the thinking for them when, they're, when they're listening to their priests and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, you need to educate yourself. Uh, or people should, they should learn to think for themselves. They should learn to form their own opinions by looking into these things, going deeper than just what somebody else says. And Matt, I think it's a sad... I, yes. I completely agree with you, but can you blame people when they grow up in an, env- an environment where they're, in many cases, sent to government school, where they're not taught to think critically, they're not taught to question anything, and oftentimes in religious environments, too, they can be very stifling in terms of independent thought and questioning things. Hey, I, was, I was brought up a Catholic, and I, I'm the son of a teacher, so... Um, you would think that I would uh, that I, that I, that I wouldn't have been able to to look look through these things and to see it. You have to lift up that veil. Uh, no matter how frightened you are of what you're going to see underneath it, you have to lift lift it up. And I think that uh, if if more people would do that, they they would they would see something gorgeous rather than this mm-hmm. this ugly thing that they fear. Yep, I thank you for that thought. Great, uh, yeah. great observation. Beautiful Matt. description. One eight five five four fifty free, and that's. I think it is gorgeous that people have different beliefs. The idea that one religion should take over the whole world is not only unrealistic and absurd, but also they've all be been so trying boring. for a long time. <laughs> it's not all of them. Not all of them have been trying. One eight five five four fifty free. That's eight five five four five zero free. You can take control of the airwaves. Hour three is next. This is the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Boost Kit Essentials Nutritionally Complete Drink. Providing your picky eater with essential nutrition and great taste in one drink. Visit us at kitessentials.com. To make sure your kids eat healthy, follow the five-a-day plan. Serve three servings of vegetables and two servings of fruit daily. Remember, a serving could just mean a piece of fruit or a half cup of veggies. If your kids are picky eaters, ask a nutritionist about other sources. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You may dial in toll-free and bring up anything. It's a live Saturday edition of the program. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Stephanie. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that you'll find there. They're totally free. Once again, freetalklive.com. 
com. We will continue taking your phone calls about what you want in the news if we get a chance to get to it. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. Uh, but uh, you wanted to tell us, Stephanie, about the world population perhaps eclipsing uh, yes. 7 billion here mm-hmm. in the very near future. But we've also talked about everything from the Occupy movements that have spread across the country for a national Occupy Day uh, today, your experiences with those, and everything from that to Christian warmongers uh, as well, uh, <laughs> and Islam and, and peace, which a lot of people don't understand Islam because they just take what they hear at face value in the mainstream media and why anyone would take what they hear at face value in mainstream media is beyond me because mm-hmm. everything they say should be questionable everything it's they easier say. to just take what you hear as truth but it may not might not be accurate absolutely let's go it doesn't take as much brain power that way let's go to joey listening in virginia joey you're on free talk live are you in the charlottesville area yes sir i am excellent you're listening to wchv go ahead sir um yeah um by the way um i, I I appreciate y'all's show and everything. Um, I think a lot of, especially these days, I think a lot of Americans need it um, just to kind of vent. Um, You guys are talking about the 2012 election and everything. Um, You know, my personal opinion, um, I think we'll probably even be lucky if we even get to the next elections. What Um, do you mean by that? Well, I mean, the way everything is going, I mean, there's a lot of angry people. I think a lot of people have felt like, um, I think a lot of people feel like every every four years, everybody's hoping and praying, well, maybe this president will, will do more, or maybe that president will do more. And I think it's gotten to the point where um, I think a lot of people are just really angry. I mean, I know a lot of people right now that are literally pulling their monies out of the bank. Um, Today was supposed and, to be the day for people, or one of the days, I guess, for people to go and pull money uh, out of bank accounts, close down hmm. accounts at big banks like the Bank of America, and open up an account instead at more maybe a local bank or a credit union or something that's more locally based. Uh, so that's certainly a lot of them aren't open on Saturdays. So, but I'm more, yeah. more con- I'm more interested in finding out more about what you mean. Like I get it, I agree with you. People that have been paying attention must know by now that the Democrats and Republicans are two sides of the same big government coin. Uh, that oh, status. Intrusiveness, it just continues and gets more involved, and the government expands into more areas and controls more. People must be frustrated by the fact that politicians are constantly lying to them. All you have to do is pay attention to a couple of election seasons, and you know you'll figure this out. But when you say you don't think that we're going to make it to the next election uh, or the country mm-hmm. or, or the U.S., what what do you mean exactly? What I mean is, I think a lot of people. And I mean, I've got a lot of my friends, uh, family members, also. Um, it, it's like, uh, you know, a lot of people are talking about restart, possibly re- wanting wanting to restart like a whole new government. Um, even <laughs> me, I, I've noticed if you take you, – I've noticed a lot of uh, certain congressmen that, you know, they've gone up, they've been voted in to, be, to become a congressman or whatever, and they come out within just a few years saying, well, I learned that you can't go up in Capitol Hill – and actually fight Capitol Hill, you've got to play their game. It's like they've got certain clicks. So, and if you don't go with that click, well, you're just not going to make it. And a lot of people are waking up to that. Um, yeah, course, I, I completely believe that. You know, I just think it's, it's corporate. A f- I mean, civil companies, they've got their hands in on, on Capitol Hill. Right, so uh, I guess my question is, like, I, agree, I get the motivations and why people are thinking this way, and that people, some people think, well, let's just start over, or let's start a new government, or maybe secession is another option, but, but if people are thinking those things, and if you think that's what the motivation is for us not making it to the next election, whatever that exactly means, 
what do you envision people willing to do? Like, are they talking about what they're willing to do to change what they want to change? I, well, they just base I, from from my and and I, I agree with them. I think uh, I think everybody wants to pretty much see a whole new government possibly be reset. Well, not me. I don't want um, any government whatsoever. Yeah. But I, th- I can see well, that that would be a popular I agree idea. with you. I agree with you. I mean, you know, I, even me, I'm getting sick and tired of all these laws that keep popping up stupid laws, like uh, this this clicker ticket law. You know, oh, yeah. I got pulled over uh, in Arkansas. Arkansas is one of the states that has that clicker ticket law. They all have that, and, except for New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm all about my... I've got two beautiful, wonderful kids, and, of course, they do get seatbelted in. But I'm one of sure. those that, you know, um, it's my choice. As Why do they be. care if I get if I get tossed out on the road somewhere they have to pick me up? And it's, you know, uh, when I was in Arkansas, there was a, I got pulled over by a state trooper one time, and he came up to me and asked me why I didn't have my seatbelt on. And I said, well, it's my choice just as well as it's your choice to even give me the ticket, you know. Why do you care? And and it, 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 and actually, to be honest, I was actually really surprised he didn't give me a ticket for it. But I mean, mm. it's more of it's starting well, to become Joey, more of a you know if all a the money ordeal instead of actually. Well, this is for your safety. You know, which either way, it's still it my is all toy. about money. As a matter of fact, in New, New Hampshire, where the only state where you don't have to buckle up as an adult, uh, where you do get to choose, the amount of compliance between New Hampshire and Massachusetts is a statistically similar, meaning that I think it was like 60 something percent of people do buckle up, meaning the same amount, basically, people mm-hmm. uh, per capita mm-hmm. in Massachusetts buckle up. And sometimes and they're it's forced even to. slightly higher in New Hampshire, actually. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And in New I Hampshire, mean, the same amount, and they're not forced to. So, yeah, it should be a choice. But, Stephanie, you were yeah. going to say something. Well, yeah, Joey. I mean, if, if all this cop did was ask and maybe provide you with some information, like, did you know that if you go through the windshield of a car, then you're less likely to survive a, a car accident than if you don't go through the windshield, and seatbelts can assist in that. Like, if he offered you some information, maybe, or if you saw that on an ad somewhere i think that's completely different and that really shows a concern for your safety as opposed to a top-down authoritarian it's almost like a parent saying well do this because i said so you know it's it's two totally different things and i think it really just sets people up to be on the defensive when it's i told you so instead of i care about you i'm concerned about your safety you know yeah yeah and you know um matter of fact there was another time another time i got pulled over and my my daughter she's She's not. I'm a big guy, so my daughter she takes after me. I mean, I'm like six one, two hundred and sixty some odd pounds. Um, at the time, she she was a little. She was. This happened probably about two or three years, two, two or three uh, years ago. And the laws as far as child seat belts. I mean, she was in a seat. She was in a in a seat in a seat child seat. And she was buckled and everything. Well, this copy decided to go ahead and give me a ticket, and on the ticket it said that the child was not restrained, and gave me a ticket for like I think it was like two hundred and like seventy five dollars. And yeah, I mean it was just outrageous and I raised hell and it just to no avail. What are the laws? You know, oh, no one I has mean, any idea what the laws are. Exactly. Not even even the that, cops don't know uh, what the laws are. Hey, yeah. Joey, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it. Uh, it's at 855-450-FREE. It's impossible. I was talking with a code enforcer today, and he admitted he doesn't know what all the code is. Not just You can't wow. even know what but the code is. But yet he's perfectly happy to enforce it on you. Right. You can't even know what all the code is, and that's your job, and you're only talking about one small area, one, only one government, only the local government. You don't even, don't even know what that is. You certainly can't know what the state law 
laws are, and you absolutely can't know what the federal laws are. <laughs> there have been people who have made calculations of all the laws in just the federal register, and at the rate at which they change and the rate that most people read, it would not be possible to read all of those laws in like four lifetimes of an average person. Now, you're still held to account uh, for being responsible for obeying all those laws, so-called, or else you're yeah. subject to fines under their paradigm. So how is that fair? You're supposed to assimilate and internalize something that it's impossible for you to actually read. It doesn't it's make any fair. sense. The no, it's not screwed. fair at all. Oh, Stephanie, if you don't understand, you can just hire a lawyer. <laughs> or I can leave, right? If I don't love or it, leave. I can leave. Yeah, that one yeah too. I've heard that one too. Uh, yeah. All right. So one other thing that I think is worth pointing out about that gentleman's call is that, uh, you know, he... Well, we brought up the idea of, well, we don't really want government at all. And I, I think I can speak for you on, on that oh, point. Oh, 100% agree. Right. So you and I, we don't want to, to have an aggressive, violent monopoly called the government mm-hmm. around. And then once he heard that, he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, me too. But before <laughs> that, his viewpoint was, or what he was saying was that most people want to create a new government. And that's probably true. They're probably thinking, well, you want to restore America or start over. And this is the kind of the revolutionary mindset. But what we need to do is evolve past the idea of government, the yes. idea of a violent monopoly. And it's interesting. Just throwing that idea out got immediate response, a positive I, response. I think it takes education. That's how we're going to get there. Yeah, absolutely. 855-450-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keen. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest Liberty Forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's a live Saturday edition of the program. You may dial in toll-free and bring up anything you'd like at 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Stephanie. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Hey, if you've missed a moment of the show, not a problem. We've got archives galore for you all the way back to 2006, all free, over at freetalklive.com. And coming up next year in February, it's the Liberty Forum. It's coming back, 2012 edition of the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. It's put on once a year, ideally, by the Free State Project. And it's been an amazing event the last several times that uh, that I've been. And Stephanie, you've been to these as well. Absolutely. Very fun. Will you be going this year? Yes. February 23rd through the 26th. It's a Thursday through Sunday. Can't make it the whole weekend? Don't worry. Come up for as much as you can because it's going to be worthwhile. You're going to be around hundreds of other like-minded, liberty-oriented people people who care enough about freedom that they're actually considering and or have actually moved to New Hampshire in order to uh, to get active, in order to join together with others. So this is a great excuse to come up, see New Hampshire, see what it's like during the winter time, mm. and spend... I was just about to say, you can see that it's not so bad as some people might make it out to be in the winter. It might feel pretty bad if you come up from a warm place. Um, <laughs> well, but you know, hot places, they get too hot, yeah. you know, so half the year it's usually uninhabitable either where everywhere you go. <laughs> but it's a blast to be around other like-minded people, and the warmth of those human beings is just, it's you can't match it. 
So go Absolutely. to freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. The registration period is open. You can get the early bird discount, and you can save 10% if you use our discount code, which is FTL2012. That's FTL, like Free Talk Live, FTL2012 over at freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. As we continue with Abel, who is uh, one of those who is in here in New Hampshire. Uh, Abel, did you move as part of the Free State Project? I was uh, somebody who arrived in 1991 on uh. my pre-state project. I uh, <laughs> I moved from Massachusetts to New Hampshire, you know, to reduce my tax burden and hopefully get some of the live free or die spirit here in New Hampshire. Well, I can tell you that and, uh, uh, my move actually increased my tax burden. I pay more in property taxes now by like four times as much uh, here that I did down in Florida. But then again, Florida, they fleece people you know, that are tourists with different taxes. And there's a sales tax down there as well, so there's no sales tax here. But I think overall, I think I'm taxed more because I didn't buy a whole lot of stuff in Florida. But the and, psychological payoff must be worth it. But, right oh my in. gosh, it's so worth it to be around people who actually love freedom and to actually have a chance at being more free into the future. Plus, you're also more free in a variety of ways here that yeah. you aren't. Like, for instance, the seatbelt laws is a real tangible example of how much more freedom people have up here. Go ahead, Abel, with your thoughts. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I, I you know, came up with something else while I was uh, actually waiting to get on air. I, I, in the, in the uh, interim, I was reading an article, uh, the title of which is, War on Terror Kills More Americans Than El Awaki uh, Could. You know, the, the man who uh, 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 Obama seems to be so proud that he's uh, offed. One of the more recent yeah. bad guys, right? There's always some new uh, number two right. or whatever. Who that was going after. an American citizen, I believe, and was ordered to be killed by the U.S. government. Mm. Right, and, and they won't tell why or what the evidence is that he was, you know, threatening us or whatever. And uh, one of the interesting things about this article is that uh, it was submitted to uh, the Huffington Post. This was a regular contributor, uh, Robin Koner, K-O-E-R-N-E-R. I don't know if that's a a he or a she, but, uh, uh, you know, I just read this article. It was it was fabulous. It was very clear. It was very, you know, concise and, you know, brought up a lot of points. And I'm not going to, you know, read it or anything like that, but uh, I'm just recommending people. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's absolutely out. true. It, I mean, it is. Governments are the, the people that are killing folks around the world in mass. I mean, millions of go. people died at the hands of governments in the, the 20th right. century alone. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I, I have said myself personally some of the same things that. Elwaki has said, although I have not uh, actually, you know, tried to say that, you know, there should be any more violence. I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, a perpetrator of that. But I, but I've said that the the United States uh, is, you know, at least the part of it that operates out of uh, Washington D.C. is uh, one of the biggest terrorist organizations on this. Planet. It's the biggest and, terrorist yeah. organization. I mean, the definition of terrorism yeah. is very clear. It's the use of violence to affect uh, political, you know, social change, essentially. Right. You know, you and I, Ian, have both uh, suffered under the the jailing that's going on in this uh, in this you know supposedly free country. And and uh, and and the other thing I wanted to bring up was you know right in the the bane of all of this is that. Uh, yeah, well, you said that uh, you and uh, uh, Stephanie 
agreed that uh, Ron Paul couldn't do too much to actually implement his uh, uh, his his proposals because many of them, are, and of course this is always true, that many of them are re- require uh, legislation. Mm-hmm. Well, but, and you, even if you were uh, to overcome that barrier of getting elected, which is right, no, really difficult. Yeah, no, the, the you know he could he could he could cancel the uh, the executive. Uh, you know, uh, 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 cabinet positions, those can be, uh, those are part of his domain. That, that is certainly a simple thing for him to do, although it it raise a lot of problems amongst a lot of people. A lot of people out there looking for jobs, it certainly would increase the unemployment. There numbers. are things that he can but, do. I mean, as we pointed out, he can pardon people. He can withdraw troops from around the world. I mean, those are some pretty big right. things. So he could make an impact, I think. But he, right. he can't right. go in and just start hacking with a machete at the various different government programs that are very, very instituted. Uh, the unions are entrenched, and the programs themselves would have to be removed by Congress. So to actually reduce the size and scope of government would be fairly difficult for him to do alone. There are some people who have suggested that he could use the executive orders, which seem to be just a license for the president to kind of do whatever they want. But, you know, typically in the past, they've been used to increase the size of government or to do things that were kind of questionable mm-hmm. in terms of growing the government. But and he it, can eliminate executive orders. He can remove those. He that, can that, remove them and he can, he can write new ones that could ostensibly cut things. But I'm, I I'm don't saying, know about that. I don't know. I think if he tried well, to do I, that, you know, he, he could, would end, face a lot he could of, end the labor department. What, you know, if, if, uh, you know the the, the I, I don't think that uh, that any. I think we're dreaming to even talk about that? this. <laughs> right. Well, right. It's, it's no, I mean, but... can just end it. I mean, it's just no. it's it's a cabinet level position. The but cabinet. You're saying an entire the, department of government he could just cut out without the Congress. I don't know. You know those unions you know, are going to it, sue. He could cut yeah. it out, but I, I don't. What happens to the funding? I don't know because it's Congress that's funding. Well, it, he can you know? veto budgets and, and, and things like that. Like he can veto everything right, that right. comes forth. And really, I think yeah. he could put you know throw a wrench into things to some extent, uh, which of course is but why he'll never be elected. I mean, that's just, <laughs> they're not going to let a man like that get but in charge you know, of DC. The, 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 the biggest thing that he could do, and that he could say this in his in his debates, and and I have to tell you that I am a, a non-registered voter. By choice, I'm not a voter. I'm I'm not consenting to be governed, and I think it would be uh, a dishonor for me to to vote in, if I'm not mm-hmm. consenting to be governed. So anyway, uh, but I but I you know just I like Ron Paul. I think he creates more uh, anarchists than anybody else. I think that's true. And, I thank you for the call. Although I prefer the term voluntarist, I think it's much more uh, positive. Eight five five four fifty free. That's one eight five five four fifty free. And I doubt Ron Paul would call himself an anarchist either. Uh, but people do find Ron Paul, and then they do travel further down the road to more liberty. Because Ron Paul isn't the ultimate end all be all of these ideas. Certainly not. He's uh, he's a good entry road though. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just three dollars per month at amp.freetalklive.com.
This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free. The number is brought to you by SACL CAI, and that number is 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Live Saturday show joining you this evening. It's Ian. And Stephanie. And we invite you to our website. Maybe you've got a smartphone and you'd like to get quick access to our live streams and podcast. You can go to m.freetalklive.com to do that. M, like mobile, m.freetalklive.com. And get your liberty message out to thousands of people a month for fractions of a penny apiece. You can do it from the back of your car with libertystickers.com. They have hundreds and hundreds of different liberty sayings. See them and let your voice be heard by ordering some from libertystickers.com. Plus, they do custom stickers, too. So maybe you need to make some for your organization or whatever it is you support. You can do that as well. Libertystickers.com. As we continue here, we will, of course, take your calls about absolutely anything. Let's go to Andy listening in Auburn, New York, to WAUB. Hey, Andy. Hey, how's it going? What's on your mind tonight? Well, I'm a hardcore liberal, all right, and oh, yeah? uh, I have I do a lot of roofing. So I, my analogy I'm going to draw here is a roofing analogy. Um, okay. Now I look at libertarianism or the stuff you guys preach, whether it's precise libertarianism or not. I don't know, but I don't consider myself a preacher of anything. Yeah, and I don't really <laughs> consider myself a libertarian. But anyway, go ahead with your thoughts. Right. Okay. Uh, all right, well, your your philosophy seems to be, in my mind, perfectly analogous to a roof, okay, the government being the roof that we've built to protect us from, uh, you know, any kind of unforeseen catastrophe or danger, anything, right? And you guys point at the leaks that are coming through this roof, You say, there's a leak, there's a leak, there's a leak, and all these leaks are coming from the roof, and therefore, we need to abolish the roof. No, I don't think so, and I'll tell you why, because I still think it's so important. You know, people need things like protection, justice, uh, a safety network in case they come into a hard time in their life, and I would definitely say that those needs are still going to exist regardless of whether there's a government. And so we can meet them in other ways besides using a monopoly uh, organization that people cannot choose to opt out of. You see what I'm saying? I'm not saying abolish the roof. I'm saying provide some alternative means of cover. Well, see, my solution would be to say there's the leak. Let's find the specific source of the water that's not coming. You know, the leak is not coming from the roof. First of all, the leak is coming through the roof. It's coming through a flaw. It's a very nice analogy and all, but it doesn't address the most important aspect of what government is, and that is it is force. And all of the things that you're saying it's supposed to do, like protect you, it doesn't actually have to do. The government people don't have any obligation to provide you with any protection services. And the things that they do screw up, they create the problems usually in the first place, and then their supposed solutions. And you can't opt out. It's less less like a roof. You're pointing and saying the roof is the problem. Problem, get rid of the roof. Right, but it's less like no, a roof. It's more like problem. a prison cell. <laughs> I'm sorry, Stephanie. Uh, go ahead. It's less like a roof and more like a prison cell because right. you can't leave from under that roof and seek a different well, you can roof. Go, you can. You can go to a different prison. You can go to a different government sometimes. <laughs> right, but you can't use an umbrella or well, no, this you, analogy you is breaking yeah, down it is really horrible. <laughs> you, you you your analogy doesn't take into the force, dude. That's what government is. It's force. It's not a roof. It's, it's force against force, peaceful though. people. All right, let me give you an example. Okay, when there are times when force, I believe, 
or the threat of force is very, very important. Yeah, give me okay. one of them. Um, the Nazis. Okay, there's one. The Nazis used a lot of force, and they were or somebody or somebody a, a terrorist or somebody. Right. So you're giving uh, the example of people who are using force on others. In which case, it's appropriate to use force to defend oneself if you're right. being attacked. So if you're being attacked by a Nazi, you should be able to defend yourself. Uh, and if you're being attacked by a terrorist, you should be able to defend or, yourself. Or you should be able to have the option to use a non-coercive means to escape. Right. But, like but, remove yourself from the situation or something. Government isn't defensive force. It's a coercive force. Yes. It's a force well, that aggresses against peaceful people. So now give me an example of where it's appropriate to use aggressive force against your peaceful neighbors okay well it, it that's the thing is when it's used against peaceful people and it's not appropriate that is a leak in when the is it appropriate to use force okay, against I'm peaceful give you an people example, okay here's one you should love because there was a police officer here in auburn hutchings who was going around extorting people that's not peaceful he's no. hurting people i know i know i know all right give me an example of when it's appropriate to use aggressive force against peaceful people well, he wasn't, he wasn't uh, doing anything violent. Okay? When you're extorting someone, you're people, threatening them with possibly violent yeah, consequences. Uh, he was threatening them with harassment. And what happened was the other police officers caught him, put him in jail. He, the judicial system tried him. The, the police officers arrested him. And now he's gone through the judicial system, and he's going to go to prison. Very rare what you're talking about. Now, go well, to- you know, there's a problem. There's another huge problem with this. Uh, and I'm sorry, I forgot the caller's name. But the problem is that in order to prosecute this cop that was going around hurting people, he never had to pay back the people that he hurt or extorted, right? Mm. They were just victimized again in order they to try him to pay for the trial. and put him in jail and no, to pay his salary well, in the I, first place. I'm, I'm sure... If there hasn't been a civil trial, there will be one, and the people who have been extorted, they're no so longer So you're being trying extorted. to point this out as what you and believe is an idea. You, you're trying to bring this up because you believe that uh, the government policing system is, you know, is a good thing and that this is okay. Oh, the cops are, are are holding each other accountable. This is a perfect example that happened right here. Brother, you need to take you need to happen. open your eyes because all around this country, every single day, people are having their homes raided by these police. They and even if whether they have drugs or not doesn't matter. They're having their homes raided. Yeah. People are having heart attacks, are being killed by the cops. Dogs are being shot. People are being, uh, you know, homes are being burned down. I mean, th- these police well, are out they, of control. And just because some cops catch one cop doing something wrong and do, and punish him, doesn't mean those same cops aren't going around that same city and aggressing wholesale against the peaceful people well, that are. Minding their own damn business. On your part. Excuse that's me? I was saying to you, hold on. I was saying to you, sir, that they are going around the city aggressing against peaceful people. Do you support they're that? No, they're not doing that. They really? They're not the arresting cops. people for smoking cannabis? They're not giving out tickets to people for running through stop well, signs? When you, have, when you have some facts, you know, bring them okay, to me. Okay, let's look at the facts. I, yes, I would like to bring you some facts if you would listen, please. About these well, police caller, officers in Auburn that he was Andy, just talking about. Andy, thank you. I, I have some facts that I would like to bring you. And if you consider yourself a hardcore liberal, as you said, then you probably care about vulnerable people in society, yes, maybe minorities, people who are underrepresented. Let's look at the systemic racism and racial racial profiling that happens in police departments look at the percentage of the prison population uh, and people who are arrested and put in jail every year who are minorities who that does not match the general uh, population That's so a leak in the roof. 
it's oh so you don't get rid of the roof because there's a leak though Okay, so That's let me let me see if I can understand where you're coming from, Andy. You say, you deny that peaceful people are being aggressed against in Auburn, no, New York. No, I don't deny that. What I'm saying is when you find those things, in my opinion, that is a leak that needs to be fixed. But so you how many leaks are there in Auburn, so New how, York? And how do you finish. fix them? How, how many leaks are there? There's many, many leaks, and mm-hmm. they all need to be stopped, but this case in Auburn proves that the best way to stop it, at least in this case, was for the good parts of the roof to, to wow, man. take over and there is no, fix there's, the bad Look, parts. man, I, I get what you're saying. There are good people trying to do good things within the government. I get it. But unfortunately, within that structure, a structure based on aggressive force against peaceful people, because those cops can't get paychecks unless everyone in Auburn is threatened by the government in order to be forced to pay property taxes to give those cops a paycheck. So in order for your system to even exist in the first place, it has to aggress against people wholesale. And you and I know that they are going around and arresting peaceful people and threatening people and ticketing people and forcing money out of those people and forcing obedience out of them far more often than they are actually stopping real crimes. And anybody that pays attention uh, would realize that, especially somebody who supposedly cares about the downtrodden. Those jails, and I know there's a prison there in Auburn, those jails are are filled full of innocent people who've never harmed another human being and to sit out there and say that well there's just a few leaks and we just need to fix the system no 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 this system is screwed because it's based on force against and it's people, a monopoly people. you can't opt out it More breeds corruption up. free talk live dvd books music instruments periodicals computers software electronics photo cell phone office products home and garden bed and bath furniture kitchen pet supplies automotive hardware apparel shoes jewelry grocery healthcare, sports and outdoors toys games used and more it's a department store at your fingertips shop.freetalklive.com get all your shopping done get a great deal and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit free talk live when you enter amazon via shop.freetalklive.com This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. The live Saturday edition of the program. And joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Stephanie. The toll-free number is brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-855-450-FREE. And only a few moments remain, but still enough time for you and your thoughts. If you make that call right now, 1-855-450-3733. We want to invite you as well to support this program. You may do that by becoming an amplifier for as little as $3 per month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into Free Talk Live, get on more radio stations around the country, and get more internet listeners on board around the world, thereby spreading more of the ideas of freedom out to more new people. So if that's valuable to you and you want to get some perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only forum, and more, go to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up. That's amp.freetalklive.com. You can use any major credit card, PayPal, uh, get all the details. amp.freetalklive.com. We go to WSPD in Toledo where Chris is listening. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Stephanie. Hey, how are you two doing tonight? Chris, super. What's on your mind tonight? I just wanted to bring up a point about the Ron Paul campaign. Okay. And it seems like, in a weird kind of way, he could be helping to kind of bring about something he's been trying to fix his entire political career, which is the monetary system. Because, you know, the the value of everything in the marketplace is completely subjective. And I always try to think about what would happen if everybody... Like, suppose everybody woke up Monday realizing that these green pieces of paper were worthless. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they would dump them on the market in exchange for other things. I yeah. think that's kind of ironic. What, uh, what's I'm the not irony? exactly sure I'm following what, what you're saying. Maybe you could restate it or rephrase it. Yeah, what was the irony? I missed that. Oh, um, that uh, Ron Paul's political career has been kind of oriented around the Fed and I mean, a lot of other things, too, but he's talked a lot about hard money and the Fed and the dangers of printing money and expanding credit. And I think money, just like anything else, has a subjective kind of quality to it. Mm -hmm. So if everybody woke up Monday, an Austrian, and thought that these Federal Reserve notes were worthless, the first thing they're going to do is dump them on the market. I get what you're saying, uh, but I don't see the irony in it. But nonetheless, uh, the likelihood of that happening is not likely at all. Right? So <laughs> oh, it would, it would be great if we could educate people to the point where they, where everybody understood that dollars have no inherent value, right? And that so-called hard money, which actually mm-hmm. is worth something intrinsically, right? Uh, it's worth something because it's valued in the marketplace, which is yeah. you know a an arbitrary amount, but it's it's based on thousands upon billions of trillions of different decisions. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's no way to predict what it will all be worth, but uh, it's a very specific, I guess, system that uh, makes it worth something. Right. Right. Thanks right. For... I, mean, if... hmm? I also wanted to make a, a second. Oh, I actually kind of just tell you a story. So you've been talking about. If you can keep it very short, go for it. Okay. I work at Barnes and Noble in Toledo here, and we got a call one night a few months ago about a suspicious man outside the store, kind of walking around back and forth, checking things out. Well, that was me, and I happened to be the security guard, dressed in a uniform with a badge on. Mm-hmm. Wow. So somebody had somebody called the security on you, who was the security? That is men with badges and irony are suspicious sometimes. I thank you, Chris, for the call uh, yes, tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at one eight five five four fifty free. That's eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Yeah, I didn't get the irony. I, I didn't quite understand, but uh, I could appreciate his point about Federal Reserve notes and dollars being worthless. Well, right, yeah, and things are worth things be- because people decide they are. Right? And then they've decided that Federal Reserve notes are worth something because, well, that's the way it's been since they've been alive. Well, so. and because they're backed by force, because, they, as you know, there are There's these legal that. tender laws, which means that any debt, public or private, uh, the the person uh, has to accept Federal Reserve notes as payment. Not only that, but they also have a little habit of going after people who try to provide competition to the Federal Reserve notes. So like for the instance, Liberty Dollar. Yeah, mm-hmm. Bernard von Nothaus, the creator of the Liberty Dollar, which became the most popular alternative currency in the country over about a decade's worth of time. Uh, he ended up having his offices raided and him being charged with fel- federal felonies and looking at up to 25 years in prison the last i heard and i don't and know if millions of dollars of uh coins or not coins but uh rounds pieces yeah silver pieces, pieces being stolen gold. confiscated yeah so it's it's tragic what's happened to him i don't know if anything has developed uh i'm still not caught up on my email mm-hmm. uh, since i've been in jail I haven't heard much case. from liberty dollar but he's awaiting sentencing at this point he was yes. found guilty by a jury of a bunch of boot kissing uh lackeys <sighs> uh, for the government yeah. who somehow found him guilty of things like counterfeiting even though his product had nothing whatsoever to do with the federal government's currency with the exception of the fact that he was simply trying to uh you know destroy the federal government's currency through competition to Mm -hmm. create something better than it 
and they never let him have the chance because they figured out that he was a threat. Uh, that you know that that the Liberty Dollar was a threat to the status quo, and so I mean, if it wasn't, they would have ignored him. Yeah. Let's continue here. Of course, we will take your phone calls about absolutely anything. And you know what, Steph? Let's let's get the news out real quick for what it's worth about this. Uh, oh, the population population boom. thing. This is interesting, and I thought it would lead to uh, a very interesting discussion. So. The headline is from Bloomberg.com. World population hits 7 billion after boom in developing world. It says the world's seventh billionth person, 7 billionth person, will be born October 31st in India, according to a projection by researchers working with data from the United Nations. Medical advances, more effective vaccines, antibiotics, and improvements in public health conditions has boosted life expectancy in developing countries where most of the population growth is taking place, according to the UN data reported in the journal Science. The number of people globally reached 1 billion in 1800, then 2 billion in 1925, the report said. Wow. Within the last half century, the population boomed to just under 7 billion from 3 billion. By 2050, the population will reach 9.3 billion. And this is just a projection, a speculation. And 97% of the growth will be in less developed regions, said David Bloom, economist at Harvard University, who wrote the report. So I think this is very interesting for a number of reasons. One is because, obviously, if you look at the graphs of population over time, you know, it's it's going up exponentially. And sure, when there are more people reproducing, that tends to happen. But there's also been an increase in people's standard of living that has allowed uh, there to be more people in, in different areas. Right? Now, wait, what was the last line of that about less populated areas? Did I hear something? Yes. So it's projected that in 2050, the population will reach 9.3 billion and 97% of the growth in population will be in less developed regions because... Less developed regions. Okay. Right. Like India, China, the developing world, that kind of thing. Those are experiencing the greatest prop population growth at the current moment in history. Which and, makes sense because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, once... The when world countries becomes develop, industrialized. Yeah, they, they kind of handle. stop having kids. <laughs> well, but also they can handle uh, you know, more population as well, which is kind of the, the reverse that you might think. That's true. Um, That's even true. though it's true that people have fewer kids when they move out of the agricultural realm, at that point it's possible for more people to reproduce and more people to, you know, the wealth becomes there to harvest more crops at once, for, for instance, using technology rather than using yes. you know, a guy with a you know, whatever sort of animal that uh, he's following around. An ox, yeah. Uh, yeah so. I knew a guy from China who said that during his childhood, he would actually have to ride an ox around uh, pulling a plow. It's brutal. I mean, it's brutal work. <laughs> and uh, he had and one, one new suit of clothes every year that his mother made for him on New Year's. Right. And it's just, just think about that kind of abject poverty, someone experiencing that in their lifetime, and then coming to a place like America it's where incredible. new clothes are essentially disposable. I mean, it, it's just such a vast and difference. And food is disposable as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we have the opposite problem of obesity, you know, versus starvation in places where, you know, it's difficult to perform agricultural tasks and stuff like that. The point that I really wanted to make about this article is that there are some people who think that the earth has this finite carrying capacity so-called and that there's only it's a lack mentality yes exactly and that there's only room for so many people on the earth and so something's gonna give at a certain point once the population grows or the government will evilly destroy a a portion of them it's either something (laughs) will give and nature will do it or the government will do it yes and i think uh 
technology sets us free and technology will always bring increased standards of living because we'll be able to do things like farm more efficiently, uh, grow animals, meat, that kind of thing more efficiently, make better use of space, living space by integrating it with places where people work and live and shop Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Transportation will become more readily available. So and and of course advances in uh, birth control and family planning you know but places have to be free to have this technology they have to be yes. free to develop it they have to be free to implement it and in many countries around the world they're not you yeah. can't start your own business you can't innovate you can't create competition to the existing power structure because they're completely dominated by you know dictatorial powers mm-hmm. and these people are the ones that are starving because they're ruled over by these folks that will not allow the market to develop. Yep, it's tragic. And in China, they have this one-child policy where I think as if they just freed things up and let the market take care of providing for people, it would be much more effective. Well, interestingly, China is becoming more free over mm-hmm. time. But we've run out of time, speaking of that. <laughs> Back tomorrow night. Stephanie, you're heading up the show because Mark's on vacation. I sure am. Sunday edition, so join her tomorrow night at freetalklive.com. When the power goes out for any length of time, you've got problems, starting with food that's going bad, even in the freezer. No communications, living by candlelight or flashlight, it's a bad place to be. The solar flare cycle is heating up and has already done damage to the grid. NASA and NOAA tell us that next year and in 2013, it will take down large sections of the grid for days or weeks at a time. Hurricanes and floods also cut power for several days or weeks. You can protect yourself now. The SG-1 Solar Generator by Sound Wisdom produces 5,000 watts of household current, comes with 230 amp hours of battery, 220 watt solar panels, and a built-in battery maintainer desulfator. This is the only portable system you can add as many batteries or solar panels as you like. It will also convert power from windmills, water wheels, DC welders, or gas generators, any source of 12-volt DC power. See it now at freetalklivesolar.com. Technicians are standing by now to answer your questions even during the Sunday night show. freetalklivesolar.com